Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to our special Peloton live earnings reaction video. Their earnings are gonna be released in about a half hour from now. Here's what we know. Peloton is a trendy brand. It's created what might be the first ever luxury home fitness product. They have an outspoken group of users and they've achieved a level of demand that's rarely seen in a premium priced hardware product. It's it's the Apple of stationary bikes. And with a paid subscription service that differentiates their expensive bikes and treadmills, they're really more of a tech and content company. But their website has been backordered, delayed delivery mode until... I, I, I think it's been that way for forever, but right now they're saying that deliveries are five to nine weeks or more, depending on where you live. But it is a company that is ideally positioned for an event that keeps everybody at home. Uh, you know, you're not able to visit these non-essential businesses like gyms, so it should be a beneficiary of our stay-at-home economy. And we're gonna find out how they did in the next 30 minutes. Chris and Jordan, they've made big bets that hinge on today's earnings report. Chris and I don't agree on how their earnings are going to turn out. Expectations are very high. The stock has run up because they're an obvious stay-at-home pandemic company. And I'm sure that they're going to have sold as many bikes as they possibly could. But I don't think that this is a well-run company. We've seen the failure of their operations in the past. You remember that $300 million lawsuit where somehow they didn't realize that they actually needed to pay for the music that they're using in their workout videos. Not only that, they also had to shut down their popular live classes during the pandemic because one of their employees in the New York studio tested positive. They have since um, started doing the live shows again, but they've shut down both the New York and London offices, but they're back on again live now. So... Chris, I think you've forgotten your methodology that says when you buy a stock and you think you have an information edge, you immediately sell it once that edge has become known by investors. And the headline five weeks ago was new data shows Peloton is clearly benefiting from global quarantines. So there's that. And with their website on sold out, long back order delay status, they, they really could have do you, do you think they could have sold more bikes than expected did did the company that is so poorly managed in the past somehow fail to get did they get their act together and magically streamline their production and delivery operations in the midst of the most challenging supply supply chain ever i'm not betting on it but let's let's hear what what you're hearing out there chris how big of a devil's advocate role you play. And this has been benefiting us since we were 13 years old. Like, I, I love it because you make me work harder and you make me doubt myself. And that is the most important thing that you have to have as an investor. You have to look at the other side of the story. You know, I have been doing nothing, almost nothing for the last week other than Peloton research. I know. You've I had been researching gone, this nonstop for at least a week, right? I had well, I've been listen, I've been researching Peloton for months, but but the so last week Do you have some data or insight or something that's going to convince yeah. me to change my mind and buy some <laughs> stock? I have like I think twenty five minutes to get in if you think Yeah, you okay, can okay. I'm gonna go fast then for you, Dave. Okay. First <laughs> of all, Dave, let's just talk about what you just said. Bad management. I I agree. Management has done some suspect things, but okay. Has Tesla and Elon not done plenty of suspect things in the past? How about Lululemon? How could a company like that manufacture yoga pants and put them out there in retail stores that you can literally see through? That was a disaster, <laughs> right? But we're literally is, the yeah. best retail fashion company in the world right now, right? Tesla, the, the, the greatest automotive company maybe of all 
time, right? Um, there are so you're right. They have found story. they found a an audience. They have this niche of people willing to pay three times as much as the competing products. Uh, they've sued the competing products for being too similar. Do you do you really think that they're going to blow it out this quarter? Yes, I do. Um, so I have most of my research has been looking at the short side, looking at the counter arguments and trying to poke holes in the long thesis. And I just have a list of things I want to go through with y'all and I'm going to try to get them done the next 15 minutes. Okay. So if Dave, I can convince you, maybe you'll throw a little bit in on this trade by the time I'm done. Okay. Um, where do we, where do we even start? I mean, I was trying so hard to find a a short story that made sense on Peloton. I, I literally just can't find one. This is a generational opportunity, I think. Um, let's start with the most important driver of, of this quarter and next quarter, because next quarter is actually more important than this quarter. That's where we're going to see most of the sales come in, most of the revenue come in from this kind of uh, you know pandemic that we're in right now. But I think the biggest thing here is the biggest knock against Peloton has been marketing. They have to spend so much money on marketing to acquire new customers that it makes the company seem like, can they ever be profitable? Well, the reality is, they have margins on those bikes that are roughly around 50% margins, incredible margins on these $2,400 bikes, right? And then they have a SaaS product at $40 a month that the margins are through the roof, right? I think they're like 70, approaching 70% on the SaaS product. Now, wait. But you realize you could just go out and buy a bike for half the price or even less and then subscribe to their 13. If you if you don't have the bike, you can get on their SaaS product for $13 instead of $40. They have a well, discount that, for well, people who don't own the bike. That's the beauty, Dave. They want you to do that, right? Peloton wants you to do that. They are more than happy to have you go out and buy a $500 bike and pay the $13.99 a month for their service. Because guess what? That $13 a month, that only includes one account. If you want your girlfriend's account or your wife wants to work out on that same bike, you have to then have two of them. All of a sudden, they're getting $26 a month. You're on an inferior bike. And then you're thinking, wow, I really want to be part of the social aspect of this Peloton program. I would love to get on that leaderboard. I'd love to have those extra things that all my friends and all my coworkers are doing that I can't do because I don't have that additional access. Um, And that's when you think, you know what? We love this experience so much. Let's go ahead and get a Peloton bike this holiday season or for my birthday, and we'll increase from the 26 a month we're paying to 40 a month. It's only a few extra dollars a month, and we get the full experience. Peloton has already shown that people are upgrading. They actually view that that cheaper product as being a sales funnel because here's how it works at Peloton. Ready for this? The those that that $13 a month product is designed to be a break even break even product, meaning that they are spending about the same amount of money to acquire those customers than they're making of those customers over time. Now, a certain portion of those customers will ultimately convert to become full-scale Peloton hardware customers with the upgraded subscription package, right? And then when they acquire those customers, it's essentially a zero cost of acquisition. Uh, they're acquiring customers for zero because they've already acquired them at a flat customer acquisition price of the $13, right? So it's a beautiful, beautiful model, Dave. And more than anything else, what we have to ask ourselves, whether you believe in Peloton as a long-term company or not, let's forget about that. How about this year? This quarter, next quarter, and then the rest of the year right now is all that actually matters as this I'm, trade, I'm right? with you on that. And I'm not I'm not thinking that this, even if, even if I were to play this earnings, I'm not thinking this is a company I'm going to want to be in long-term. But even even so, I just don't know that this quarter is going to move the needle enough because everybody's expecting it. 
We've seen the stock chart. It has gone like up nonstop. Okay, this is Dave, just fine, this but that was part, listen, that was part of it, right? That was part uh, Jordan, go ahead. I mean, that was part of it. But but Dave, what I'm telling you, listen, I went ahead and I did up some of my options. I had $30 calls. I have, you know, I have a million dollars in Peloton stock. I'm up about 300K in the past week on that. I have about, yeah, I had about $180,000 of Peloton calls at the $30 strike. I made about, I don't know, $300,000 in those. So I'm up 600K in Peloton. I took those calls. I sold them today. I upped those calls. I kind of moved them up the chain. Now I have $35 strike price calls. So I have 600 of the $35 strike price calls in addition to my 25,000 shares of Peloton. Now, I agree. Expectations are really high. But you have to ask yourself, what is happening this quarter? And the biggest thing that's happening, I think, this quarter and next quarter and maybe for the remainder of the year is, I think, this is a thesis, okay? It could be proven okay. wrong today lower marketing expenses. And that is the thing that I think, even with all the expectations that I've seen, that's the one thing that I don't think the market is fully appreciating going into this quarter. That is one thing that I have not been able to find many articles talking about. You see a lot of people talking about how their demand is high and how their order numbers are high and how competing products order numbers are high. But you haven't really seen people focus on the marketing cost and the cost of acquiring that new customer. But and if they if the cost of acquiring the customer were zero and they still are only selling as many as they could possibly sell, which is the same number that they would have been able to sell without a pandemic, the same it's not like they increased their production capacity, or did they? Yes. So they own their own manufacturer, right? Uh, and so Taiwan. this company that is so good at managing themselves, they were able to, in the midst of this pandemic, where supply chains are difficult to deal with, where, where delivery systems are difficult, they were able to break through and somehow do something that, that they would otherwise need to rely on a third party like Amazon. No, listen, Dave, it looks like it appears that they had enough it appears that they had enough inventory on hand for the entire quarter, okay? So it looks like they could flush through that entire inventory and then up their orders for next quarter, okay? So I don't have any... I listen, do we, what do I've we know doing, what the delay was at the end of April? So the quarter ended, I'm, I'm guessing, at the end of April. Do we, do we know, like right now, we know that their delay is saying five to nine weeks. Five to nine weeks. So listen, you're right. There is a risk here going into this trade that... There is supply chain risk. That's in fact, I've seen, I've seen some data. I actually subscribe to. Uh, remember that old Amazon? You, you can check all the products on Amazon, right? They actually have yeah. a supply. They have a supply chain tool that you could actually pull. I could pull it up the supplier for Peloton, and they, according to that tool, that's roughly half or more than half of, of Peloton's bikes. They have not made a delivery, according to that tool, in February, March, or April. So that was a little bit of a red flag for me. So I called up Peloton. I've been speaking to the reps. I had to wait like half an hour at a time to speak to the reps. And the first thing I asked them is, okay, guys, are, are, are you are you guys out of stock? Are you on back order? Like what? And they're like, no, we got plenty of bikes. We're delivering bikes every day, all day. There's, we have bikes in our facility. There's nothing on back. You know what's on back order? They told me that large shoe, shoe sizes are on back order and weights are on back order. And they said both of those things are coming in on May 13th. They so said why is it taking nine weeks to order. ship something that's in a, in a warehouse? Is it, is it a, Why is it taking nine weeks to ship something that exists in a warehouse? Is it the that it has thesis. to come over from China or wherever they're being made? Or are they 
they don't have a good relationship with a trucking company or they're trying to manage their own deliveries. Because I, I read that the people who had a third party deliver it had a bad experience and the people who had them deliver directly had a good experience. Dave, that's true, but that's nothing new. That's been going on with Peloton and XTO, their third party delivery service for two, three years now. So that's nothing new. Um, listen, if you look at the data, the qualitative data, the anecdotal data, I have read, and I know this sounds crazy and you're probably not going to believe me, but I have actually read over the past week, every single mention of the word Peloton on any social media channel, whether it's Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Instagram. You, you know article. I don't believe you. I know that you read a lot, I, but you couldn't have read every mention of the word Peloton that exists on the internet. Every mention <laughs> you have lost that your I was, freaking mind. <laughs> every mention that I was able to identify across any social media channel in the world and I would do this morning, day, and night. And then literally I got to a point where I hit the end and I'd have to wait for six hours for all those channels to refresh so I could then spend another three hours and read every single mention again. And here's what I saw. Here's what so I saw. If, okay? So if for the people at home, if you appreciate Chris's effort, give us a thumbs up, smash the <laughs> like button because that really deserves it. It'll also help the algorithm help people find us here. Continue. Listen, that's that's what I do. That's what I've always done. That's what I've been doing for two, two and a half decades. Um, I look in areas that others don't. I do the work that other hedge funds are not willing to do. Right? We all have access to the same data sources. We all have similar web data. We have G-Trend data. We have credit card data. We have all kinds of data. The top funds in the world get the same data that I get. Right? I pay for that data too. But I am looking for data they don't have. And I know for a fact, because I know these guys very well, they refuse to do what I do when it comes to reading every social mention anywhere through any channel. And here's what I found out. What I found out, and I should have shared these, I should have, I have photo captioned a few of them actually. Um, what I found out You can is share that from huge... your uh, laptop, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? You can share from your laptop. I have access to your laptop. Oh, okay, okay, I, I, I might do that. Okay, so here's what I found out. Many people, many people are sharing the fact that the number of friends in their Peloton network has gone up exponentially over the past six to eight weeks. Meaning that I know there's one person that wrote on Twitter, just anecdotal example, who said that he had, I think, 13 friends uh, in his network when he bought his Peloton six weeks ago. And now he has 52 which is insane. It's, a, it's, it's like a, now that he's in New York, so New York, who knows, but and he's a pretty well-known guy, but he triple, over triple in just six weeks. I'm seeing that over and over and over again. You know what? My parents bought a Peloton two days ago. My sister bought one and every per it's not just me this is this is not so they're gonna they're gonna get these data. in like june or july is that is that what they're expecting uh they're my sister already got hers my mom's getting hers in new york on july 7th or 8th i think is when she's getting hers um every piece of data i'm seeing is that everything is demand driven it's all demand driven i want to talk about the year real quick because a lot of people are going to talk about pull forward like netflix oh well it's pull forward yes. from the rest of the year let me talk to you about the rest of the year. Here's what's happening. So first of all, this next quarter that we're about to get into, everything's sold. They're sold out for the whole quarter. They can, the whole quarter is sold, whatever they can deliver. So if you believe that they don't have a supply chain issue, if you believe that, then the numbers for this next quarter will be through the roof. Now, how about the rest of the year? 
I personally believe that even if everyone gets back to life with this pandemic, that there's a certain percentage of these people, call it 20, 30, 40 percent, including myself, that are not going back to life. Or even if we are, it's very little. Okay, And even if we are going back to life, we're going to start planning for the fall and for the winter. And I think Peloton sales are going to continue to be robust, not just this quarter, which is called this next quarter is called Q3 in the world, but their Q4 and then the following Q1, which is actually the holiday quarter. In addition to that, I think they're going to sell every single machine they could produce. In addition to that, I think their marketing costs, and this is a thesis that hasn't been proven, are going to be dramatically reduced for 2020. That will actually, for the first time ever, I don't know if they're going to be profitable, but will get them much closer to being profitable than anyone is anticipating. In addition to that, I also have identified three new products that they're coming out with. And I believe, based on what I'm hearing, that two of those products are likely to be released this year. One of them is a smart bike, meaning it's going to be a Peloton bike that's digital and electronic that actually controls the incline of the bike as well as the resistance of the bike automatically based on the train you're going through or what your instructor is doing. So rather than your instructor saying, turn this up to you know level eight, it's just going to do it automatically. I think that's going to be a huge deal for Peloton. They are also coming out with a rowing machine, game changer, because Peloton right now is all about your lower body and the rowing machine is going to complement that with upper body. Game changer for Peloton. Also, they're going to come out with a lighter, less expensive. The competitor already is- has a uh, rowing machine, by the way. What? Continue. Their competitor already has a rowing machine. I know they do, and they're doing great with it, but I don't care because they're not Peloton. Anyway, they could do well, and Peloton could do well. One more thing. Well, one more thing. The tread is not being delivered right now. We all know that because you can't deliver the tread. You know what that means? You know what that means, guys? If I'm correct with this thesis and they are operating at 100% capacity, and I've already heard from one of the reps that I spoke to that they hired new teams in Texas, new delivery teams to handle the excess demand. Even with those new delivery teams and all that excess demand, they still can't handle the excess demand that's coming in in Texas. Now, so what I'm going to tell you is, the tread that they cannot deliver right now. They are what what's happening with people that wanted the tread last month and this month and next month and the month after that. They, they are ordered just one getting from a put, competitor. Put on no, 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 no. They're not gonna wait. some of them will, but a lot of them are just gonna wait, put on the wait list. And whenever that tread is ready in Q three or Q four, whatever it happens to be in Q four or Q one, which is the holiday season, then they're gonna have all these all these orders waiting for them on the tread. So even if the bike sales kind of dip a little bit, it's going to help fill with the new equipment coming out, with the scare of the fall, and then the holiday season. I think Peloton sells everything that they could physically deliver from now to the end of the year with reduced marketing costs. That's the thesis. That's why I made this monster trade. And listen, I'll be first to admit, I can get slaughtered after hours if I'm not seeing this correctly on the supply side. If there's a supply chain issue that that I missed, that's what will slaughter me. Also, if they talk about pull forward, that could you know that could hurt the stock or just profit taking. It's gone up so much. That's yeah. also a risk. So there are real risk here. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah. I haven't let you talk, but you're yes, no, you're the yes, only so one. I actually want to just address. Yeah, I just want to address um, in the comments. I've been kind of watching people talk, and uh, there's a handful of people that are saying that you know there's so many un- people going unemployed. You know, are they going to rush out and buy a bike right now? I think that's missing the point that. You know, 80% of the country is still employed. They still get the same paycheck, um, but their costs are going way down because they can't do anything. And so they've effectively gotten a raise. And so they could have an extra 1000 or $2,000 lying around. They're like, you know what? Free Peloton, basically, based, you know, from what our current, from what our budget used to be. Um, so I'm just going to go out and buy it when I wouldn't have normally bought it before. Jordan, in addition to that, I think people are not understanding the low penetration levels of Peloton. Yeah. 
Peloton only ha- they have less than a million pe- people on Pelotons out of you know 300 million. They have less than a million. So we're not at a it's, this is not Apple guys. We're not at a state where everyone already has one or and they're trying to squeeze out the last 5 or 10%. It doesn't matter if 40% of the country is unemployed. If you even have 10% doing really well, Peloton can flourish for the next 2 years just with them okay so even it's, even though nobody is expecting profitability for this company until the mid 2020s like mid 20 20 i think 23 was when they were uh originally projecting it dave dave go ahead i was just going to say that their gross margins are falling from 44% in 2018 to 42% in 2019. We haven't yet seen anything in 2020. We do know that as their business increases, their costs are going up from 54% in 2018 to 64% in 2019. That's It's not a sustainable business. They're not running the business the way a business, they're running it the way a yeah, startup I, would. Yeah. And no, that no, no that's, what wrong. I think, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, what I think is that, look, you might've had a situation where their costs were going up because when they were going public, they were blowing it out on ads. They were blowing it out, trying to get their name out in front of everybody. But, but, Jordan. This, but this situation just, I mean, they don't need that. They don't need ads. Everybody's just going Jordan, to but, but the margin, let me explain the margin. See, this is the thing. A lot of people see top line data, but you have to take the time to understand what's behind it. So here's why, Dave, their margin dipped. Okay. It was exclusively because of the tread. When they released the tread, okay, the tread has a much lower margin. And when the tread came in, the tread sales that are lower margin sales, when they all rushed in last year with all those new sales of the tread, that is the only reason why their margin went down. In every other area, this company's gross margins are going up. And let me tell you something about margin. This company is actually set up to be extraordinarily profitable. It's insanely profitable. The only reason they're not profitable is because they are literally taking every dollar plus 2x more than that and spending it on insane amounts of marketing. They are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing. If you remove that marketing budget, now, I know what you're going to say, because if you remove the marketing budget, you can't grow. But if they want to stop today, if they want to stop growing today, Peloton would be one of the most profitable companies out there. They Their margins are 50%. Their margins are 70% on their SaaS product. It is insane. This is literally structured as a technology SaaS product with the yep. most profitable hardware business you've ever seen. I made that argument for you to begin with. They are a tech company. They are a content company, but they also happen to be manufacturing some equipment and it's expensive. It no, is that they make good money on though. I mean, they only pay a thousand dollars for that bike and they sell it for yeah. 2000. So, yeah. I mean, you know, Dave, I'll, I'll put it this way, Dave, they truly are the Apple of this world because they are selling a premium product with so much gross margin the only example where you see this is with Apple. So you should appreciate what they're pulling off. The Literally, the only reason why they're not profitable is because they're spending all that money on marketing. Now, I, can I just talk about a couple other things? I want to get this out of my mouth while you still have a chance to trade, okay? So, um, okay, they, first of all, the music royalty deal, Dave, that's done. Yes. It's settled. It's over. I know, it's, it's settled. done. They, okay? They so that could that could... That could be a, po- a net positive for them. Uh, they, this no, they've already disclosed that in a previous quarter that they settled it, and they um, they indicated that it was five million in one year that they spent. You know, I think it was 2018 that it, they did five million. The lawsuit was brought in 2019, and it was like a two million dollar cost to them then. Okay. That's already that's already priced Dave. in. That's done. All right, Dave, can I'm I just say something saying about- that 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 shows you that this company is run by people who 
are just kind of fast and loose with the way they they operate. Okay, Dave. All right, let me, let, let me continue here. Let me tell you. So, in addition, in addition to that, in the holiday quarter when they had huge sales, okay, they also had heavy discounting because of a Cyber Monday, Black Friday. They actually don't have that discounting this quarter, and I think that their sales are going to be equivalent to holiday quarter, not just this quarter, but next quarter with zero discounting, Dave. Also, virtually zero threads, so their margin will be up. Okay, I absolutely so I, I'm not agree with that. It. Okay, here you go. Uh, also, uh, we have celebrity after celebrity after influencer. Look, you saw the other day LeBron James put on Instagram. He was on his Peloton. All right, this is just building, building that network effect. Okay. Um, also, well, they're not discounting. They are giving a 90-day free trial to their app instead of the normal 30-day. That, so they're that's not going to any revenue I'm, I'm from I'm this I'm talking about revenue. the product. The product. Now, now the app side, they are doing a massive free, a massive free 90-day trial on the app. But again. Remember, that app is a customer acquisition tool, okay? And it's designed to be ultimately the end of the day break. It doesn't cost them anything more to give out a free app subscription, guys, because they already have the talent producing the content. So that is an, actually an amazing thing that they have going on. So listen, there are risks. There are new social features, by the way, guys, coming out. But here's the thing. When you read, when you actually spend the time to dig in and go in deep on every social conversation of every Peloton owner, here's what you walk away with. You walk away realizing that this is something special. And listen, I don't own a Peloton. I never will because I have lower back issues. But but understand something. This is something special. They have done something here which is magical. It is bringing so much joy and connectivity into people's lives that I do not think this is just going to be a pandemic push. I think Peloton is potentially going to become one of those special companies like Lululemon, like Amazon, right? Like Apple, like Tesla. One of those companies we point to that go, wow, they took such a big risk. No one believed it could happen. And all of a sudden people are doing things and spending money and acting in a way that we never thought people would act. Because if you look at the history of the fitness uh, industry, it is horrific. You have a bunch of companies come out, they're popular for six months, and then they end up in a garage and people hang their clothes on, right? That's, that's, that's how the short I thesis. think of most, most home equipment ends up as a as a hanging rack for clothes. Yeah, and what you don't see about the pillow is say, it's not it's not like that at all, right? Because it's so engaging that you want to go and engage with the product. And you spend 40 bucks every single month, right? And so now, if Jordan, you stop you using are... the product, you go and sell it to somebody else and then they start paying 40 bucks a month for the product. I can see that. It has a viral effect. It definitely does. And right. I can see their sales being as good as they possibly can be and the, and this being another holiday quarter, but I think the stock market has already said, we know that this is a holiday quarter. We know we've, we've been buying the stock up. We're, we're pulling, pushing in on our highs here. So I can't wait to see these earnings. I can't wait to see what's going on. We're about what? Three minutes away from the close of the market. The, uh, so you're not buying Peloton. You're I'm not buying Peloton. You have okay. not convinced me. You haven't convinced Aaron Lewis. You haven't convinced <laughs> a bunch of people here in the chat. I don't um, want to convince people in the chat because like, let's remind everyone right now. We're not financial advisors. Do not do what we do. Our risk tolerance is very different from yours. This is for educational purposes only and for entertainment. Um, honestly, guys, do not copy our trades because we don't understand what your risk tolerance is. We only trade for ourselves. Could, they, I don't think just, most people could copy your trade anyway. Can you tell me just so I have it what exactly you're in? 
Yes, I have 600 right now. I sold all of my 30 call options at about close to a quarter of a million dollar profit. And now I ha- took just the profit and I purchased 600 of the 35 calls. Um, I'm mostly at a price of four. Okay. Uh, so I bought those for about four each. That's about $300,000 on those call options. And then I have my core Peloton position uh, that has about an average price of about $31 a share. And that is, I think, 25,000 shares. I'll confirm that for you right now. Um, 30,000 shares, excuse me. So I have 30,000 shares of Peloton at an average price. It's probably, honestly, it could be closer to 32 bucks a share. Um, but that's it. Well, I, I wish you well. We're about two minutes away. Jordan, Jordan, I know you also have, I, I believe, just shares in Peloton. No, I've got shares and calls. You have yeah, calls he too? does. Jordan's oh. going in with He's options going deep. today. This is big. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I talked okay. him into it. I'm not nearly as I'm not nearly as big in it as Chris, but you know, <laughs> but you are for me. the one who's into biking. So you're the actual cyclist among us. Do you have a Peloton? I do have a Peloton. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not. I use it. Um, you know, when it's too hot outside or when it's raining, um, because I prefer to be on an actual bike. Um, my wife uses it probably more than I use it. Um, but I think it's really, I think it's a really nice piece of equipment, um, and it's really engaging when you use it. It's a lot of fun to use, um, and just for a backup type of uh, thing, or like a, you know, a scenario when I can, when I can't get outside, but I've got twenty minutes to an hour, then I can go fire up a class and do the exact workout that I want to do. So it's a, you know, Did you I'm not, I'm not, I'm not other... their, I'm not their core. Um, customer you know what i mean no like, you're, you're definitely not you're you have higher end bikes that you'd rather ride out in nature and their core customer is in home doing a spin class with a with a monitor hey dave would, would to get, to get, though, to, if i'm going to take your side of this for a second i do think the biggest risk going to this quarter is that it's not going to take a lot to get peloton to go down here um yeah. even one line in the earnings report even if they have a great earnings if it doesn't really if it isn't spectacular, I can absolutely see a pullback from these levels with the run-up. There's going to be a tremendous amount of profit-taking. There's a lot of retail traders in the stock right now. That would be my biggest downside, I think, and also the chance of a supply chain issue that I miss. Those are the two things I'm looking out for that I think could crush me uh, on this earnings report. It does look like going into the market close. The uh, stock is dropping a little bit. It's at $38.20 right now, but it does look like the whole market is uh going down a little bit here at the end. So I don't think that's an indication of anything on Peloton. But uh, we are on their uh, page, and I'll be refreshing, hoping to get these oh, results Dave, to you as soon this is as like, possible. I just lost my breath. Just It's like it, I just realized it's going to happen here in a minute, and it's just like, woo! This is ex- <laughs> as exciting as live, live YouTube can get. Oh, you have, goodness. You have I, I can't even handle it right now. This is like... Three, $300,000 of options on the line and uh, what is 30,000 times It's a lot. $930,000 of straight up stock. I can't, I can't even like, I just can't, I can't, like, I don't even know where, I can't even look $1. at this. $1.2 million on the line and we're about to see what happens in mere moments. And we will, um, depending on how things go and if there's anything that we think we might need to listen to on the actual conference call, that is scheduled for 4 o'clock Eastern, 3, no, did I say 4? I think 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, about an hour from now. 
So we'll have to uh, see if we want to stick around for that. Their uh, investor relations website still does not have a uh, release other than the release a few days ago announcing that they would be announcing their earnings. I'm going to check some news sources here. I'm reading all the fake the fake stock twits uh, posts right now, and it's like I shouldn't even be reading them because you, you know you can't trust any of them, right? Like it's I don't know. I still to this day am shocked that they don't halt stocks through earnings reports to give some digestion time, right? Either to like a fifteen minute window. To- I mean, they, they wait until the market closes, which does make sense, but they don't halt after hours trading. Yeah, so it's in, they, they used might as well to do it. They during... used to do that. I'm shocked that when they stopped doing that. It's it's kind of an awkward uh, situation, but look, it looks like the chat people are seeing it. Uh, it should go to 44. Domid says that it's trending up. It looks like it's running up. But are, are earnings out again? Is it actually running up? No, it's running down. I think it's, my chat must be. No, it's just, seventy-seven it's, cents. It's not doing anything. It's just it's no, this nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's, you know. Okay, so this this yeah. is my real-time chart. Hey guys, do don't mess with my head in the too. in the comments. You guys are killing me. Like I, I will literally have a heart attack right here on tape. Some guy so, said, <laughs> "OMG, Peloton at fifty-five, and I'm like checking my yeah. Phone. Don't don't. No. It, it, no. It, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it. Hey, listen. At least I took half my pro- I took those profits. I bucketed what 230, 240, got that in. So in a worst case, if it drops 10 bucks, at least I'm going to be I'll lose a little overall on the whole Peloton trade and I'll lose a lot today. But Are you seeing anything, guys? I'm not seeing anything yet. I just I'm refreshing my browser just to make sure that I have uh, the most recent information. Here's my favorite headline. Peloton shares are trading higher, potentially in anticipation of the company's Q3 earnings report after close. You know, that is uh, a like, robot that writes those Is that kind of even stories. necessary? But it's, yeah, it's Benzinga. Did, is that robot? I think they do robot. have some uh, automation there. Yeah. Um, it does look like, though, it has gone down to uh, 37. Oh, it's down. 36.43. I wonder if the earnings release is out. I'm gonna. It had to come out. It had to. Down two bucks. I'm on their investor. I'm trying to get their on their investor relations. Although they no, never just, it just jumped back to 38. I mean, it's all over the place. Just going nuts. Did it though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is where we need some uh, like pre-recorded music or something to keep everyone entertained while we're waiting for the actual announcement. Oh, it well, did, Jordan. I think it did. Now it's yeah, thirty-seven again. Oh, thirty-eight. So hopefully that wasn't the, the spread. Is crazy. It's thirty-seven fifty to thirty-eight ninety. <laughs> there we go. Now it's moving up. Yeah, and I think on on yeah. my chart, I'm I have an average between bid and ask. Oh wait, it's out. Oh, it's I think out. the release now, is out. Wait, look, wait, wait, the after wait, hours is over uh, forty dollars. Thirty-nine forty. I'm reading it. Hold on, I'm reading it. Wait, I'm not reading. All I'm reading is they're saying it's oh PDF version. No, wait. I think you're reading the story about them announcing the story. So it's not out. Yeah, that's not out yet. 
It has to be out on some news service, though, so I'm going to keep looking. The, the, the chart you're showing, Dave, every time I look at it, I'm having a heart attack. That drop is just not okay. Here, I'll but zoom it in more up because 40, it's come so... up. I'll, I'll zoom in as far as I can because it actually has come up since that low point, and that yeah. makes you feel a little bit better. That oh, look that, at that shaded blue area, that's the uh, after hours. Hopefully, we'll be able to get the results There here. should be – don't you didn't you agree there should be a better – uh, even way for earnings announcements to come out that everybody knows where to see them in real time. I mean, it's so ridiculous because you know yeah. the algos get the trade on this stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm doing simultaneous Google search, uh, broker search, and refreshing their. Oh, are you on a Meritrade too? I'm gonna go Meritrade. Sometimes is an okay. No, I'm getting it I'm out. I'm on Schwab, quick. and it's pretty slow. I'm gonna actually go to my old E-Trade account because they seem to be pretty fast with news. Yeah. Oh, Jordan. Yeah, I just saw 520, the same news. Five twenty-five versus four seventy. I just saw that headline. Wait, wait. So a beat a beat of five twenty-five versus four seventy. Yeah, but that uh, doesn't really mean anything. Is, is yeah. there a guide? What kind of guidance would that I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm not looking at anything yet. I'm just looking at headlines on What's stock the revenue rates. number? Do you have the revenue number for me? I have nothing. Because that's an earnings number? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's revenue beat. It's 525 revenue, yeah. Oh, versus yeah. 488. Okay, that's fine. That's good. But I want to see more than that. Do they have any? Uh, I got CNBC. Could you put on CNBC, Dave? See what they're saying? Yeah, give me a minute. <laughs> We're the worst. We broke 40. Subscriptions up ninety four percent year over year. That's definitely a huge beat. I got I got it on my TV. Yes. Yeah, we're Digital forty now. Sixty four. Oh, I forgot. Win has earnings. I don't even care. I've got a huge win position too. All right. Um, oh, you know what else is up after hours? Lyft. What is? Are you still in Lyft? Gosh, don't don't even talk to me about it. There yeah. are there are several things uh, re- being reported after hours. Let me just yeah. pull up my notes while I'm waiting for CNBC to uh, confirm my credentials so that I can. I I am so pissed that I can't get this report right now. Where guys, if you're following this, are you? Does anyone have the report? Where on earth is the report? This is insane. It shouldn't be that hard for all of us to have access to an earnings report when there's live trading. Okay, it is now on their investor relations site. It is? Okay, hold on. Peloton has announced its financial results for the third quarter of 2020. About Peloton. Oh, here's another link to go to for the actual thing. Here's... I'm trying to find it right now. Okay, here's some highlights. Ending uh, ending connected fitness subscribers grew 94% to 886,000 and paid digital subscribers grew 64% to 176,000. Total members grew to over 2.6 million. Total revenue grew 66% to 524.6 million. 44.2 million total workouts by connected fitness subscribers, averaging 17.7 monthly workouts per connected fitness subscriber versus 13.9 in the same period last quarter. 
Average net monthly connected fitness churn was 0.46%. That's their lowest in the last four years. Have they even been around for four years? 12-month retention rate was 93%. Uh, the headline here is they beat on revenue 525 versus 488. I want to know about Q3. Did they say anything about Q3? Because that's where all the money is. Well, it'll be their Q4. Uh, they no, no, lost... it'll be, oh yeah, okay, wait, this is Q3, I'm sorry, Q4, excuse me, this next quarter, anything on, I gotta get, I gotta get guidance, that's all that matters here, or are they saving that for the call? They might be saving it for the call. And I literally, I don't even know where you're getting this day, because I'm on their investor relations, and I don't even see it. It's definitely on the investor relations page. Hold on, I'm refreshing. Okay, Does it look so, like they have no guidance out right now? Is, or did they say they're not providing in their guidance? In their financial discussion section of the release, they under revenue, um, they talk about during the last few weeks of Q3, we saw a significant increase in demand for our bike, which has continued into Q4 so far. Increase in demand. We knew that that was going to be a thing, right? It's Q4 and full fiscal year 2020 business outlook. Yes. Q4 fiscal year 2020 highlights. 500 million to 520 million total revenue, 128% growth at midpoint. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, What's that for, Dave? Is that for next quarter? This is Q4, uh, Q4 2020 highlights. So their, this is, the, wait, this is going to be outlook. next quarter. This is next quarter. Okay, so say that again. 500 million to 520 million of total revenue expected. That's 500, that's 128% growth at midpoint. Yeah, that's a 55 million to 65 million adjusted EBITDA. That's 11.8% adjusted EBITDA margin at midpoint. Uh, full fiscal year highlights. They're expecting 100.04 million to 100.05 million ended connected fitness subscribers, a growth of 104%. That's way, that's up from the prior guidance. I know that. Was it? Okay. Uh, 100. Let's see. They have a 1.72 billion to 1.74 billion total revenue. That's way off, for, I think, from for the year. Guidance. That's for the year. 30 million to 40 million adjusted EBITDA at midpoint. 2% adjusted EBITDA margin at midpoint. They entered Q4 with a backlog of bike deliveries in all geographies, and sales will continue to surpass expectations in the first several weeks of Q4 due to COVID. Unfortunately, the unexpected sharp increase in sales has created an imbalance of supply and demand in many geographies, causing elongated order-to-delivery windows for our customers. Over the past several weeks, we have worked closely with our manufacturing partners to accelerate the supply of goods. But as a result, we are incurring higher costs in order to expedite shipments. We do not expect to materially improve our order-to-delivery windows before the end of Q4, which is next quarter for them. Our guidance assumes we do not resume tread sales prior to the end of fiscal year 2020. For Q4, we expect average net monthly connected fitness churn to stay under 0.75% as we continue to see better connected fitness reactivations and elevated levels of member engagement. Uh, this next quarter, uh, forward-looking, they're saying they expect a gross margin of 42.5% to 43.5%. They expect connected fitness product gross margin to decline year over year to 40 to 41%, which reflects additional shipping costs to expedite product shipments and costs associated with COVID. 
including hazard pay for warehouse and delivery teams. The decline in collected, uh, connected fitness margin is partially offset by a mix uh, shift to bike deliveries. For Q4, they're expecting subscription con contribution margin of 63 to 64%, year-over-year -year improvement in subscription gross margin, and subscription contribution margin are driven primarily by the leveraging of fixed cost of content production. They expect a significant reduction uh, to sales and marketing expense in Q4, as you were pre predicting, Chris, due to lower advertising spend given elevated sales levels partially offset by costs of extending Peloton digital free trial to 90 days with strong sales flow-through, uh, flow leveraging fixed costs and reduction to media. We expect Q4 adjusted EBITDA of $55 million to uh, $65 million, representing an adjusted EBITDA margin of 11.8%. For fiscal year 2020, they expect adjusted EBITDA of 30 million to 40 million, representing an adjusted EBITDA margin of 2% at the midpoint. Reconciliation of non-GAAP, blah, blah, blah. That seems like it's going to be highly technical. They are planning to have the call. Uh, there's a number that we can dial in, Chris, if we would like to ask some questions. I'm planning to do that this time because we always seem to be very frustrated with the uh, questions that are actually answered. Um, they have a safe awesome. harbor statement. All of this is available on their investor relations website. Um, their their three months ending March thirty first, uh, twenty nineteen, compared to twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen, they had four hundred and fifty seven thousand connected fitness subscribers. Twenty twenty, they had eight hundred and eighty six thousand. Uh, here's the thing, Dave. Yeah. That's a big beat, and I'm telling you right now, they're sandbagging based on those numbers for Q4. Um, they're still sandbagging. They're going to beat big this next quarter. Um, if they're only saying they're going to do the equivalent of this quarter, next quarter, no way. No way. They're, they're, they'll, they'll beat that number, but that's they know that. Um, okay, so it looks like we're up at about 40 bucks. Is that right? After hours? We're at 39.80 right now, which is a uh, high for the week. So here's the deal. It's an all-time high. So we knew like that Peloton's going to be high. tough to hold these levels. We knew that, right? Um, it's doing a pretty good job right now up at 40. I actually think if they can hold through and have a positive conference call, I think they'd have a good shot of holding this tomorrow. I'd love to see this at 40 um, or anything above 40 tomorrow would be killer. So what are so you doing? This is great. Are you, this, you're this going to be wanted. trade selling out of your call options that are a thirty-one dollar strike price. You'll hopefully be able to get ten dollars for those. Uh, thirty-five dollar strike price now, guys. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got. Thir he, both of us have thirty-fives. Yeah, you have the thirty-five. Yeah, we'll be selling. We'll be selling out of those uh, tomorrow for sure. Um, out out of the options, the options expire on Friday, guys. So they don't, they only last for a couple of days anyway. Now the big question: um, Are you I, holding on to your stock. million dollar position in Peloton? Are you going to stick with this company for the next quarter, thinking that they are sandbagging, and you think that they're going to potentially have a surprise at the end of their Q4? I know they'll have a surprise. They have a surprise that they can unleash whenever they want. It's called even though one... they've are, they've just released forward guidance on what they're expecting. You think that these these guidance numbers are lower than they are actually going to come in? I know they are. I, they, they have to be. And also on top of that, again, they have surprises that they can announce to delight 
this is what they say, to delight the Peloton members whenever they want and us investors. And that's one of their three new products. I'm telling you, you think, what do you think is going to happen when they announce, inevitably announce the rowing machine? Jordan, when they announce the rowing machine, how big of a deal is that? I have no idea. I, I don't want a rowing machine. I can tell <laughs> you, you that, don't, that is, but you think that's a big deal because you're really excited about this company. Yeah. I no. don't think it's a big deal. I do have stats on the home fitness business in general. The exercise bike segment is an anomaly. It grew 16% last year, but the overall home fitness industry down 9%. Uh, Dave, there I don't is think no need home a fitness industry machine. outside of Peloton and bikes. That, there, Peloton has made this into a home fitness. I mean, what else do you have? Uh, like uh, Bowflex, dude? Like, 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 what are you comparing it to? Um, to here's the thing, guys. Understand this. I'm comparing it Peloton, to the $850, $850 version of the Peloton bike that Peloton's charging $2,500, $2,300 for. You can buy the same thing for $900, and it also has a connected fitness type thing. Peloton is suing fine. this company. You'll still use the Peloton app. You know why you're going to end up using the Peloton app, Dave? Because Even if they it doesn't are, connect to their bike? It, it, you will use it no matter what because it – has the best instructors. These guys are celebrities. They are creating celebrities. You don't understand how into these people Peloton members are. They are obsessed with their people. All right, Dave, let me ask you a question. You, what do you like to do every morning? What do you like to wake up with every morning? I already know the answer. The Today Show. That's right. Do you realize, Dave, that the Peloton instructors have become a part of the lives of the people that are Peloton members. That's what the market doesn't understand. They are literally becoming part of their life. That becomes the stickiest thing ever. If the Today Show, Dave, were a Peloton that makes $40 a month off you, the Today Show would be making $500 a year off of Dave Hansen. Peloton is going to make $500 a year off of every family that they build a connection with around health and fitness, okay? And it's more than bikes, Dave. People are using it for yoga. They're using it for breathing. They're using it for stretching. They're using it for walking. They're using it for everything because it's a way for people to feel connected and positive about their health. I'm telling you, even if you don't use it for a few months, you'll still pay for it the same way you still pay for your gym membership. Okay? And because you I don't will, want to I, lose that I connection. I agree with you. I, that you. If you can become a part of people's life, you have a winning product. Apple has become a part of your life. You don't leave the house without your iPhone or your Apple Watch or but your But can we say something MacBook. else? To- Brian Cruz Did- in the comments was asking about this. Yes, this just arrived minutes before we went on the air. I have not even opened it yet. I'm planning to open it right now. He hey, wanted to know wait, if I went to the store to wait, buy it. Wait, how about it? No, me, Dave? Are you hijacking? Yes, I forgot. Chris, for the first time, he is on his new... Look, he's almost in high definition now. He's almost. I'm on my iPad Pro camera uh, doing this broadcast. His face uh, is the color I, of my shirt, though. Did you get a? Is that the camera? He's very uh, saturated right now. I think it's yeah. just a side effect of. I don't well, know. Maybe he's so excited. He has. He's flush with excitement. We'll, we'll work how, that look out. How fun it is to open. This is a live unboxing. Most most YouTubers have pre-recorded unboxings. This is the real thing. I, I'm so excited to have this uh, iPad Pro. This is the third iPad. I, I bought the mini, and I actually, I actually gave it to my dad because he wanted to be able to talk to 
people on Zoom and have uh, Zoom happy hours with his former work colleagues and friends. Um, hey, Dave, can, let I me say, you said something size. about Apple. Can we make an analogy here? You just said, okay, there are a lot of people in our comments are saying, I'll never ride a Peloton. I'll never do Peloton. Do you know how many people still exist in 2020 that will never get an Apple product? They're committed to Android and to Google, right? Like they don't need everybody. Peloton doesn't need 100% of the market to become a $40 billion company. That's the thing, guys. It, they don't need you. They don't need everyone. They just need to be the leader, okay? And even if there's someone coming behind them who is a strong number two, doesn't matter, okay? Peloton just needs to be the leader creating a brand new on the economy, essentially, of fitness. Yes. No, I, I agree. And like you said, my Today Show ritual is something that the only reason I still have DirecTV is so that I can have an always-on source that can turn on in the morning and already have the Today Show playing without me having to go on a remote and open an app and start streaming the Today Show. Like, literally, that's that's the reason that I still have it. I now have uh, CNBC queued up. They haven't yet talked about this. They're um, still talking about the Etsy earnings and they had the uh, T-Mobile CEO on. T-Mobile also had uh, earnings come out and they're uh, apparently up. These are these are companies that, that I don't really follow. Do you, do you guys follow so, Etsy or Yes, I did. I, and by the way, Peloton is now, you know, down after hours, still up for the day, buck 30. I listen. I knew these levels are going to be tough to hold, um, and I think that's totally fine. There's going to be a lot of digestion and profit-taking here. Um, this doesn't surprise me at all. Let's see how the conference call goes. Let's see how the market reacts tomorrow. Um, I think it's really tough to to kind of call what Peloton's going to do tonight, tomorrow, uh, based on any report. So this is not super surprising. I'm just glad that there's nothing really negative in that report to take it down precipitously 10 bucks a share, which I don't think is going to happen tomorrow. Well, let's hope not for your, uh, for your bank accounts sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so else, I want to listen else? to that conference call uh, because I feel like Dave, this is like early days, Apple, early days, Tesla, um, it's really exciting. Listen, I've, I've read the transcript of the last couple conference calls two or three times over this week. Um, so I've really been looking forward to this conference call. Oh, so you, I think it's you an kind of have a good one. sense of, of what the way these calls go and, and how the analysts react, the kinds of, do we expect Peloton is going to come out and say anything overly good or bad in the after hours conference call? Um, I am hoping that, uh, analysts kind of push them to further to kind of give more of the truth, which I think is more positive than what they're willing to put into their uh, earnings transcript. They're always going to sandbag. They're a new company. It's a new IPO. They do not want to disappoint. Okay. It's, it's an inexperienced not... management team. It's it, it is, it, they don't have a lot of uh, history running public companies. Yeah. So Peloton does not want to disappoint. Uh, they're playing the game that all new companies play. Uh, they're sandbagging earnings, but the, analyst's job, it should be their job, is to squeeze out the truth on this call. And hopefully they can ask the right questions and it will give us the ability and Wall Street the ability to read between the lines, which is always the most important piece of these earnings calls. You got to read between the lines. That will ultimately determine how Peloton does tomorrow. By the way, there's so many earnings signs. I'm just so 
Dave, Twilio's up. I heard Twilio's up. That's another one of our big stocks. Um, Carvana is down, though, uh, which is nice to hear. Uh, I don't have Carvana, but Carvana. I hate it. So it's down a little bit. Oh, down huge, someone said. Yeah, now I'm huge. regretting not buying Look at that. Puts it's down Carvana. 12%. It's down 12%? Yes. But Peloton had a swing of, of almost 12%, 6% up, 6% down. They're, they're back up to near even for where they closed. Um, Dave, we should have bought that Rosetta Stone yesterday. It's, it's up today in earnings. It's such a junky company, though. I would never want to own it more than a day. What's the um, Rosetta Stone? Or is that the language thing? The yeah, language but software? they're getting into literacy now. Uh, okay. The problem is, Jordan, it's kind of like the, the difference between Google and what used to be uh, Overture or Yahoo Search back in the day. So basically the competitor to Rosetta Stone uses uh, artificial intelligence to actually have you speak to a bot in a, in a foreign language and you get better speaking to the bot. Rosetta Stone does the same thing, but they have to hire people to talk to you because they're so bad at tech. So like wow. they are the oldest school version of learning. Like and it's so bad. Like I don't know how they last more than another few years. I think they'll be destroyed over the next decade uh, just due to lack of tech. Um, so we're, anyway, we're I'm going to look at some of the comments here. I'm so glad the, to see uh, Twilio up though. Oh, is yeah, Square today, Dave? I didn't know Square was today. Jordan, are you looking at Square? PayPal no, is down. PayPal missed on earnings, and they're yeah. down four point three percent. Lyft is up seventeen percent after hours. Square is down on five, revenue. Yeah, Square's down five percent. That's okay, considering where it, it was. That's not a big deal. Um, I'm fine with Square being down five. Anything else that we have in our portfolio that's up? That's out right now. Um, I want I want Jordan to pay close attention to this Lyft. It is up fifteen percent right now after hours. How, how are you get? You guys are still in those things, man. I'm not. I, I sold mine. I've been inches away from selling it all so many times. I I don't even want to talk about it. So uh, for for our viewers that don't know, we were in Lyft when it was a private company, uh, and you know I sold my shares the the first day I was legally permitted to sell shares. <laughs> I actually I don't know I might have you sold your shares too. before you even got the shares. Yeah, you were selling well, options against your shares, I think. No, you you, you you shorted your shares before you got them. I'm not admitting to that. But um <laughs> Grubhub uh, is Grubhub is down six percent after hours. They had uh, earnings Grubhub. today as well. So when's the conference call, Peloton? Do you know when it is, Dave? You... Yes, it is scheduled for thirty one minutes from now, and we will bring that to you live. Oh, Peloton's so, back up to almost forty. Yeah. I like that. Guys, so this is, listen, I'm, I want to talk to kind of the people that have been with us through this process. You know, if you've been with us since February, this has been the ultimate roller coaster for us. Um, it's been the best two months of trading in 32 years for me, I think for the team, you know, mostly in general. Uh, and this Peloton has, is really cool to get to go through the full cycle on Peloton. You know, we shared it with you all over the last few weeks. Um, you were in it with us. It was risky. Uh, but hey, we believed in the call. We had high conviction. I want to say something right here, right now. You know, I hate it when people are, I've heard this on Twitter the last few days, you know, what do they call it? Like hogs get slaughtered, pigs get slaughtered, right? Like, what's that term? I am a pig, okay? <laughs> I only invest when I have conviction in a company, all right? If I don't have conviction in a trade, I'm not investing. But if I do have conviction, 
Damn right, I'm a pig. I will be a pig. I will go all in. I will lever up. And no, I'm not going to sell based on price or based on past gains. If you're selling because you already made money or you lost money, that doesn't make any sense. That should have nothing to do with your thought on a stock uh, being underappreciated based on information you're trading or overappreciated um, based on information you're trading. Do not, I don't let price action determine my trades. I don't allow past gains or losses to determine my trades. So I don't care if I quadruple my money. I don't care if I 10x my money. If I still think I have an information edge that hasn't fully been digested by the market, I'm going to continue with that trade. And listen, call me a pig. I don't care. Sometimes you'll get slaughtered, but not because of that, because you got it wrong. You get you get slaughtered when you get things wrong. If you would have got listen, if you've been in Amazon since 50 bucks a share, right? 100 bucks a share, be a pig. Be a pig to 220 to $500 a share. As long as you continue to feel the market has it wrong and you have differentiated information. Um, anyway, I had to get that out because I know a lot of people have been throwing that term around on Peloton. I'm like, forget it. I don't. So many people call me. They're like, hey, it's up. It's up to 35, up to 36. Should we sell? I'm like, well, I don't know. I still think that they're underappreciating the storyline, right? That's my thesis. I'm sorry, Dave. When you say they're going in with this call, is it right now? It's, it's coming. No, it's coming up at uh, four half o'clock. So okay. half hour from now. So a uh, whole. Someone said win earnings happened. What what happened there? Let's see. Oh, they're down a buck thirty. No big deal. Yeah, win win is pretty much even. It looks like I have so many I was things just hoping... on my chart right now that it's hard to even see it. But win is is basically uh, right here at unchanged. Nice. If we go out to a wider view, we should be able to see that win is win is still down here at minus forty percent in a uh, three month chart. Um. So, guys, this is really interesting. Based on Peloton right now in this trade, do you remember when I first started trading the pandemic in late February and I started with that first put on win, actually, and some of the travel stocks? I said, hey, this is going to be a long shot. But wouldn't it be cool if through this whole pandemic and the market crash that we thought was going to happen, we could ride that downdraft in the market all the way and then ride it all the way back up. And by the time we were done, we would double the or I, I was hoping that I could double the size of my portfolio. The portfolio that took me decades to build up, what if I could double it? What if I can generate 100% return in like three months on a portfolio that took me decades? You know what, guys? I am, as of this moment, I am, oh, I, just, I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, Oh my gosh, I am $200,000 away from doubling my portfolio. Could you believe that? I'm literally, wow. uh, that could happen by tomorrow morning if Peloton pops up another point or yes. two. So I have doubled, I have generated a 100% return on my portfolio from February 20th. Very close, very close to 100% from February 20th to today. Basically shorting the market, shorting the casinos, shorting all the travel stocks from late February all the way through. And then about two days after we bottomed is when we started going long on everything. We got rid of our shorts, right? And we we didn't just go long. We went levered long on everything. We bought, what, 5,000 shares of Amazon at one point, right? Yes. On on leverage. 
Uh, and we've been writing it up and it it's come full circle. Now, hey, we can make some mistakes and lose a lot over the next month or two. But it's cool to see. What if tomorrow I hit that mark? That would be so mind blowing to me that on a portfolio that was not a little portfolio, guys, we're talking about a portfolio that's, you know, at the time somewhere, but, you know, not quite, you know, eight figures, but almost eight figures uh, that has now doubled since February 20th, just based on arbing information. Right. That is so that fun. is the, the like a, the ultimate story. Like this this is a remarkable time. We've had a very volatile market and to be able to not only see it clearly enough and step back from the all of the noise and and just be able to know when the market not know anything, but be able to be on the right side of the market as it's making such big swings knowing that there was a time when no good news could possibly come out. The market has to go down and buying <laughs> giant leverage positions against the market. Something. But that do you remember, do you remember when we do. were doing that, Dave, and the market was only down like 2% and everyone was like, buy the dip. And I was so nervous. I was like, wait, but there's a pandemic that's literally yeah. hitting like right now, like, like right now. Yes. And by next week or two weeks from now, it's going to be like the worst thing to happen in a hundred years. And nobody was taught. CNBC was like, Oh, buy the dip, buy the dip. I was I like, had, am I crazy? Am I no, mentally we, we insane? Had, our friends were texting us. I, I remember I was in Mexico. I got in too late into this whole thing because I didn't know what was going on and lost half a million dollars or something. So it took me longer to get back out of that hole and now be positive. But I think I've made I've made more than a million dollars in in the past month. Um, Nathan was one of our commenters that, that said he's been watching since I lost that half a million dollars. And you were bragging about your big gains then, Chris. <laughs> it took some time for me to uh, to get serious, but this is now my job. And I'm watching the market and watching CNBC again. And um but, but, I'm, just, but his, I'm just glad that we could we could share, you know, the way we're doing this, the thought process that we have. And I think it's actually really good that we've been able to do this a couple times a week just to kind of give an update on what we're thinking and what we're investing in and, and all of that. Well, I, I think it's so fun because, you know, most of us just get to watch CNBC or whatever or Bloomberg. And, you know, you see these people who most of them have never traded in their life, but they do trade. A lot of them are just selling books and stuff. They're like selling programs. They're trying to make money off you on the side and leverage their notoriety on CNBC. But none of them have any track record of, I mean, listen, you could check Jim Cramer's track record. I'm going to let that speak for itself. You can Google it and see what it is, right? So none of them have any track record, right, over any <laughs> long period of time. And you're just wondering, why am I listening to these people? Like, why am I? And, and like, they're, everything they're saying is wrong almost all the time. If you, and, and people have joked about this. If you probably did a tracker and just traded against what the talking heads were saying on CNBC, you'd probably outperform the market by, like, 2x, right? You um, probably but would. It, 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 this, is a, this is the perfect situation where you can actually say, hey, they didn't, nobody saw this coming except for the people that did. And and there are people that do see it coming. There are people out there. We're not the only ones. Uh, there are other people out there that have traded this and traded it really well. There's a handful of hedge fund managers. You know there's people out there in their garage who are up 
you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent through this process. We're not the only ones. And now, now I don't know who else has been up 100 percent since February on that big of a portfolio. I, I hope maybe there's someone else. I'd love to meet them if there is. I'd love to have lunch with them and we could share our story. Um, but I mean, it's you got to know that it can happen, right? You could actually do it. It could yeah. absolutely happen. Uh, you just have to not listen to the experts and learn to think for yourself. Because I think a lot of the people that watch this market, if you really think about it, you probably knew when it was happening. You knew when the, when the pandemic was hitting that it was bad, but the whole world was like, it's not bad. CNBC, it's, oh, buy the dip. What an opportunity, right? All these people on FinTwit. And can we like, talk about can we talk about the uh, the the leak that you shared yesterday of uh, the the barstool sports guys screenshot of his account where he's lost fifteen million dollars since he started trading day trading in January? Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw it on Twitter <laughs> and it was a huge uh, thing on Twitter last night. Where the what's his name? Da- Davy Dave, Dave. This guy is hilarious, man. The barstool sports founder. Uh, it's someone a, it's took great like a, content, but terrible, terrible investing. Yeah, so someone shared a snapshot on Twitter of his uh, screen of his app. His trade it was like an e trade app, and he was down. It said seventy five percent, like fifteen million dollars. Was he down fifteen million since January first? Fifteen million dollars. Yes. So like, again, who knows if it's? I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be true. It's just a screenshot, and it was Where did going you, did, did viral you share on that Twitter. In our, in our group chat, yeah, yeah, I, I sent it to you guys. That. I sent it varsity. Oh, here it is. Yep. Okay. Anyway, uh, it, it, it was it was it was. <laughs> Listen, but you know what? I don't care if the guy makes or lose money. He's so transparent. I love he's the he's kind of like. Uh, Listen, we made money. We got the right. We've been doing this for thirty years. He didn't do well. But he's been so transparent and non-arrogant about himself. I love that. Like I love how he's so real about what he does. I'll watch that. I'd love to have him on the show. That would be fantastic. We should reach out to him. Do you know what else we should reach out to? And by the way, if, if people that watch this, if you guys would go on Portnoy's channel and tell them, hey, guy, hey man, partner up with the Dumb Money guys. They want to have you on the channel. Um, it'd be so cool to see us together. He could talk about what he did wrong. We'll talk about what we did right. I think it'd be a really cool collab. Uh, we'll reach out to him. But if a bunch of y'all go over there and ping him, say, hey, you know, check out Dumb Money. They made seven figures on Peloton. They've made 10 figures almost <laughs> since, the, since, since the start of this whole thing. Um, I think it'd be a really cool collab to show both worlds. Do you know who else we need to reach out to? Elon Musk. We're planning to talk about Elon on Friday's Dumb Money Live. We're not going to do one Thursday because we did this Wednesday. But uh, could we? Could you imagine getting him to uh, come on our live show? Hey, it would be awesome. By the way, CS at 339, he said, stop using the word pandemic. We're using that word because YouTube doesn't allow us to use other words. If we use other words to describe this, uh, our account will get flagged. So that's why we use that word pandemic. If we come up with a better word, I don't care, we'll use it. That's why you keep seeing us. Yeah, the can we use the virus? Is that a word? Can we say that? I guess we'll say I the virus so. from now on. Um, oh, is he, they're saying they're saying someone said uh, that e, I know the guys lost crazy money. The E Trade thing was a mistake in his account a while ago. They're saying, yeah. Uh, he, listen, he's lost so much crazy money in the last month. I don't know if it's if it's really seventy five percent, but it's been bad. 
Uh, yeah, I, I have a lot to talk about on Elon, by the way, because I want to try to get behind the psyche, behind why he's doing what he's doing um, to figure out whether what we need to do about Tesla. OK, because now that this is behind us, now that Peloton is behind us, I don't have to think about Peloton anymore because, guys, I don't want to think about Peloton for like a month. <laughs> I, I All I've been doing is Peloton 24 hours a day. It's been insane insane i'm telling you there's not a social mention in the world related to peloton that i have not read um i want to get back into tesla and figure out what on earth's going on and what our position is so the next show that we do on is it friday Dave? we're gonna do it friday we're gonna do it friday um 11 central jordan are you still in are you still in tesla no you're completely out which is totally mind-blowing out. to me because like totally that was your forever stock Hey, the guy went nuts. Like I, you know, I can't help it. <laughs> Sorry. So, so if you guys, if you haven't, if you don't watch our regular channel, which has been silent for a couple of months because we don't do startup meetings right now, but it's Dumb Money, our regular YouTube channel, the DumbMoney.tv. We had an episode called Our Forever Stock on on our prime, and it was so fun. We talked about our forever stocks and why they were. You got to go back to that episode right now and watch Jordan talk about Tesla and know that he no longer owns Tesla. It's been like three months and he's already <laughs> sold his forever that stock. forever was not a very long time. You're not allowed to sell your forever stock. <laughs> even though even though I like got nervous about Disney, I sold 75%, but I kept 25%. I kept my core Disney holding because I'm just like, it's my forever stock. I'm not allowed to sell it. Um, although, you, you know, my forever stock was actually the S&P 500 ETF. And not only did I sell it, I shorted it and I bought options against it. And those worked out for me. But I, that is my forever. Once we get out of this craziness and we can get back to like a normal market that that is a somewhat just back to reality and isn't swinging wildly in every direction... Then I'll be back into my S&P 500 ETF. In the meantime, you have to pick winning companies and not be in or short losing companies. That's the yeah. only way to invest this market. Yeah, that, that's right. And that's what we're focused on right now, guys. We're not super focused on macro stuff, but we are. We are watching. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. If you want to know how we feel about the next market crash, what we're looking for, whether the market's going to go directionally up or down. Watch the last episode. It's like a two-hour episode where we did nothing but talk about that. Going forward, we're going to be more focused on picking individual winners and losers and the thought process like Peloton today, um, like Shopify. Man, my shop, Dave, Shopify's up another 50 bucks today. It's insane. out of control. It was Um, up 7% today. And also, we're short a bunch of stocks too. Now we're short like... So I I talked about how I had sold covered calls on pretty much all of my big holdings, not knowing which direction the market was going to go to guarantee some some income. These these have all worked out quite well for me, even though I did have my gains capped by these uh, by these calls. uh, My Shopify call options were lost thirty eight thousand dollars for me, but the Shopify stock made forty seven thousand dollars for me. So I'm so I'm actually doing good, even though the, the stock is going to be taken away from me or I'm going to basically close out these positions. But it, it's working out. 
this is this is my new strategy. And I, I was talking to you last night, Chris. I think you're considering doing this too because it's so hard to like keep being right on is this market going to go up or down <laughs> it's and hard. trying to know the macroeconomics of it. There's, there's no way to predict it, that. It's hard. By the way, our boy Drew is here. He said, love me some shop. Drew, you also love me some Peton, man. Drew got into Peloton yesterday or two days ago. Um, I think I think our buddy Terrence got in it as well. Uh, Jordan, people are giving you a hard time about being too hard on Musk because he has said this exact thing in the past. And that's what we're going to talk about next episode. We're going to look into when he said this in the past, what his motivation maybe was then, what his motivation might be now. We're going to really try to kind of lift the covers on is he messing with us or is he messing with Wall Street? Is he what is his goal here? I actually have a theory. I need to do, I do a little too. more research on it. Let's not share it now. I have I have a theory of why he might have tweeted that and why it isn't uh, actually insane that he tweeted that. Oh, okay, Dave. I'm not going to say it, but I have a theory too, and I cannot. I'm not even going to talk to you about it before the show. Okay. Okay. We'll both reveal on our next show why. And, and by the way, based on my thesis, I might actually buy more Tesla. I have Tesla. I kept some of mine. I might go long again on Tesla or at least do some covered call writing like you, Dave. Yeah. Um, it's a good it's one to be do covered call writing on because it is a crazy stock. And if it's something that you're comfortable holding anyway, it's something that you might want to have in your portfolio. This It's a good one because it does have some high premiums. But so do a lot of the companies that we like in our long term. I mean, Amazon premiums are, are somewhat high. Apple premiums not quite as high just because the stock price isn't as high. But there's, uh, there's Dave, some money making opportunities out there. Dave, I have there's so many stocks that like I need to start researching now that Peloton is behind us. Like one of my all time favorites that I've traded so aggressively over the years, Five Below. Five Below is a stock that we've been trading since its IPO. Um, I, I have a thesis on Five Below. I'm not going to talk about it. That will maybe be on an episode probably next week. Um, but I have a lot of work to do on Five Below this week. I have a handful of other names we have worked to. By the way, we have more earnings coming up this next week. Guys, we need to kind of pull that earnings chart. Jordan, are you still are you still long right now on like the Home Depot lows? Because I am. Are, are yeah. you still yeah. good there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might I might buy some more lows. Um I you know, I don't have any lows at all right now. I'm just I own uh Home Depot. I, yeah, I, I added lows this week. Um yeah. And and that I'm going to do more work on Home Depot and Lowe's, uh, more work on Five Below. Uh, I am still short Cheesecake Factory, guys. By the uh, Evil Genius 007, uh, did they come out with earnings today? Was that today? I didn't even look. Uh, what happened there? Uh, they're up a little bit. I don't. I'll tell you where I am on Cheesecake. I'll pull it up right now. I'll tell you if I'm up or down overall. I might be down. Let's see, Cake. I am overall. Oh, this Ameritrade app, man. Uh, <laughs> I am down. Se- I shorted it at 19, and it's at 19.70, so I'm down on cake. Uh, Ruth, uh, I might be down a little bit on Ruth as well. Uh, I'm way up on on David on Dave and Buster's, though. Made a lot of money on Dave and Buster's. Uh, oh, Carvana. Wait, 84 bucks. I shorted it at eight. Oh, I'm about even, it looks like. Aren't Carvana? Anyway, um, a lot of individual equities that we're going to be looking into over the next week, and we'll have a lot more debate 
next week about opportunities. I'm going to be pulling all the earnings. Hopefully, there'll be some good earnings reports coming up next week. I'm worn out this week. I don't want other than Tesla. I can't. I don't want to talk about any this, more like deep dive yeah, research. This is this week. a big week for earnings. We, I mean, we've been doing this like this, the last two weeks have been insane, and to, just to see how many, how many like Uber is up because Lyft was up, and all of these things are. So look, 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 some of our, uh, uh, oh, Chewies. I'm long Chewies, by the way. Uh, DraftKings, like DraftKings is one of, it's one of these stocks that I just have never spent, I, ne- I haven't put in the hours. I'm going to start to put in the hours on some of these other, uh, you know, highly traded names like DraftKings. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, Yeti, Yeti's, um, Yeti. I haven't, I forgot they were public. Yeti's public? Um, I got. I got to look into Yeti. I, I know that Carvana is a company that you're interested in, and uh, yeah. they went from 92 at the close down to 81. So that's a big drop. Oh, Dave, Ro- guys, Jordan Roku's tomorrow, man. I didn't know Roku was. Is that tomorrow morning or tomorrow after hours? I, we got to dig back into yeah. Roku because their, their data is looking really strong. By the way, uh, I, I have. Um, I have. I won't even say where I get it from, but I have web traffic data that I pay for. I pay. A pretty penny for it. It's like fifteen thousand dollars a year to basically get eighteen month historical web traffic data. And the new web traffic data came out yesterday, so uh, I need to pull uh, the newest web stats on a lot of these companies like Roku. I didn't pull them yet, guys. Uh, we are in Roku. We're long Roku. Dave, you're long Roku, right? I'm low. I'm. I love Roku. I'm long Roku, and their earnings are after market hours tomorrow. So you know what I'll that means, right? Market. I just said I wasn't going to do any more deep dive until, <laughs> and now I'm going to have to like do this on Roku. All right, if you if you guys want to know where we are, I'll maybe comment on my Twitter account at Chris Camillo or at Dumb Dumb Money should like retweet what I do and stuff. So if you fo- follow Dumb Money on Twitter, follow Chris Camillo, Dave Hanson, Jordan McLean, follow all of us on Twitter, and we might even have some conversations there. Um, but we'll also have it on the YouTube channel. If we find something interesting, like Roku, right now we have a core position in, uh, but if we end up dramatically increasing our position in Roku or kind of selling it off prior to earnings, if we see something that's interesting there, we'll, we'll try to share it for our community so you at least can get a, get an insight into what we're doing. But again, don't trade on what we say. Do your own research. Uh, but if we find something interesting, we'll share it with you guys. So we are we are about nine minutes away from uh, the expected start time of this peloton earnings call what are you listening for today man i i i just so much i i I want to read between the lines listen we talk about this all the time on earnings calls by the way when it comes to earnings calls there is nothing more important that you could do as an investor than listen to not tens or hundreds of earnings calls, but thousands of earnings calls. If you want the, everyone's like, what book should I read? What investor book should I read? Hell, there's, don't even read my book. I don't even care. But if you want to do one thing- There's nothing as boring as listening to thousands of earnings calls, but it's a, it is a very good education. It's everything. It right? And you don't even have to listen to them. You could just read the transcripts, but there is something special about listening to them because when you're listening to the calls, you can infer from tone and from from pauses and from hesitancy and you could kind of read the you can read between can the tell, lines when they publish the transcript after the fact they can clean up the stumbling over 
not wanting to answer a question or looking for the right words to say something that in writing is going to come across as, oh, yeah, that seems like a, a logical answer. But you can hear you can hear between the lines. Yeah. And so you have to listen to these calls because I might hear something in the Peloton call that would completely make me want to sell Peloton tomorrow. If I hear something that there's a risk factor that they're kind of hiding uh, or they're kind of circumventing, if they start to circumvent a question that I think is an area of concern, kind of, honestly, kind of like Amazon did when it came to... Pro- now, I didn't sell all my Amazon. I sold a lot of my Amazon. I have my core position, but I was considering keeping a double core position, which is 2,000 shares. I ended up selling my double core, and I'm down to just a standard core position of 1,000 shares of Amazon because I heard some things that kind of bugged me on that call when he, like Prime membership appeared to be down, and they would just keep circumventing the questions. So I'm listening for that type of stuff on this Peloton call, and if you listen to it with us and I hear something positive or negative, yeah, we'll I'll jump let in. you know. You know, I'll comment on it while we're listening to the call together. I need to test but, but, my what I really to want to know. To. I what I really want to know is uh, supply chain. I want to know if that supply chain is solid for the rest of the year. That would be the one thing that could potentially probably wouldn't make me sell all my Peloton, but make me lighten up my Peloton kind of core equity position. If I feel that this some, some, you know, some issues with the supply chain, uh, like tonic, the company they own, um, that would be a potential huge issue for me. Is it still holding up? Let's see here. Uh, what it's doing. Piton, it's holding up, guys. It's like close to 40. That's pretty strong considering that is. The, the move, pre-earnings. PayPal, uh, guys, I don't own PayPal. I do own Square, but I don't not own PayPal for a reason, right? Um, I don't own Salesforce, but I don't not own it for a reason. Uh, Salesforce is actually a company that if we can get through this virus, people don't want me to say pandemic. If we can get through you this don't virus, not period, own it for a reason. Wait a minute. So you do own it. That's a double negative. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I I don't <laughs> own Salesforce. There's not a There's not a reason that you don't own it. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it. I'm not. I just don't have any edge when it comes to PayPal or Salesforce. I do. I have been closely following data for Square, and I. The data that I follow on Square is really, really strong. I feel there's kind of been a cultural shift uh, to Square Card. Uh, and I think that's going to come out as one of the big winners here over the next few years. And that's why I'm in Square. Uh, nothing wrong with PayPal. Uh, I still have my puts. I still have my short position on Cake. I still have it on Ruth. I still have it on... Uh, Dave and Busters. Um, I'll have to take a look. I'll have to reanalyze. Oh, here. Is that Brock Bickers with here? Uh, which is, I forgot. I was going to get back into here potentially. Shoot. Do they have earnings today? Turtle Beach. I think Turtle Beach might have earnings tomorrow. So I doubled my money in Turtle Beach. And I have to give so much credit. One of our subscribers, Brock, I don't know if it was you. Brock Bickers 356 or someone else that initially kind of tweeted us or had a comment on them. 
But when I saw that comment, I traded I traded them in the past, Turtle Beach in the past, but it was kind of off my radar. And I'm so glad you got it back on my radar. I doubled my money on that stock, and I sold out uh, this last week. I would consider getting back in for earnings, but I have to take a close look at my data. Oh, Sonos. Is Sonos today or tomorrow? Sonos is another one. What, that, Sonos or, already happened? Did that happen today? I don't see it. That must be tomorrow. I might spend some time on Sonos tonight, too. Sonos and Roku. Uh, uh, yeah, Sonos <laughs> is tomorrow after uh, market hours. Stop, yeah, uh, Sonos. Drew, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, uh, the comment on my NASCAR shirt. You know, I'm just a man of the people, man. I like to keep it real. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Sonos already happened, and they dropped. Sonos did okay. So I'm yeah. glad I kind of didn't do the research on that to to. Oh no! Yeah, Sonos is was today after hours. Yeah, and they dropped. They dropped. How much are they down? They're down five percent. Ah. No. In this environment, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I might uh, buy some Sonos after after that. Well, I mean, really, but like, yeah. Why though? Oh, yeah. guys, th- I do have one I'm looking into right now. Uh, this is a little controversial. And they have earnings, Perfect. I think, tomorrow. Ruger. Um, did they have earnings tomorrow? Or was it today? Did I already miss them? I started studying Ruger. You know, I used to do a lot of these uh, these arms trades. What are we going to call them? Uh, guns. <laughs> trade, like, what do you way, call them? You arms need to find a better way to phrase that. You're going to get us kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> I, I used to trade those stocks quite a bit. Uh, back during the last administ- administration, uh, we used to look. We used to have real time data that would be a great indicator of purchase data, and we would trade that constantly, and it worked out well for a couple of years. Like the Leon's watching, whole remember when we were ticker tags, uh, we had such strong data. Uh, various words uh, when they were used on Twitter at a higher frequency rate. Uh, would be pretty closely correlated to people going out and making purchases of home defense, we'll call home defense uh, uh, products. And I started looking into some of my data again last night, and it was pretty appealing. And I think there could be a trade in Ruger. I think they, I want to say they report tomorrow. Uh, I haven't traded it. I'm not in it. I need to look into it more tonight. So now I was just saying I don't want to do anything for the next few days. <laughs> Like except you maybe can't, have a fun talk about Elon. Now you did you did stop watching TV and stop watching the markets for at least twenty four hours, which you yeah, needed a I, cleanse. Almost, Dave. It's been almost a full week. Now I do technically have CNBC on right now, but the volume's been off all day. Like I don't look at it. I don't know what they're talking about. I needed a full on cleanse, and like I told you last episode, I needed to like almost meditate to see through the noise in this market right now because the noise is so big it's bigger than it's ever been before and you've got to be able to just cleanly see through the noise regardless of what stock you're analyzing all right are they are they not what oh they're oh they should be starting any second it should be ready as soon as i'm ready when they are you know what i feel good about besides the peloton trade today is i looked at all these other earnings trades today 
and like Etsy, I spent some time on Etsy last night and the data was just mixed. And I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm going to let that one go. I'm glad I decided not to trade a lot of these others that are just not doing anything interesting. Oh my God, Twilio's up 32 bucks right now, Dave. Uh, Jordan, are you a Twilio? No. You're not a Twilio? I'm wow. not a Twilio. Wow. Oh, I love this. I love this. My Twilio is crushing it right now. That is amazing. Yeah, they jumped from 122 to 150. Oh, I don't even know how much I have. I felt like I lightened my position, but I still I definitely have a lightened reason. my position. I may have sold all of it. I, it, I'm pretty sure I did sell it all. You did? Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at what I got. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I Why sold it can't... all. You know, it gives me a heart attack when I check my portfolio and I, I miss the ticker. So I feel like something happened. I accidentally sold it. Or maybe I got over leveraged <laughs> and Ameritrade pulled it out of my account or something, right? Uh, no, I, I got... I'm pretty low. Well, 2,000 shares of Twilio, but still, it's nice. I'm up. Ready for this, guys? I'm up 84% in my Twilio. I'm up 117% in my Shopify. Uh, <laughs> I'm up uh, 182% in my DocuSign. 21% uh, in my Fleer. 38% in my Win Holding. Um, I'm up 45% in Square and 41% in Teladoc. I'm up 58% just on my last Tesla trade alone. Um, I'm up 52% in TTD, and I don't even know what that means. What is TTD? Do you remember that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is TTD? Uh, Trade Desk, the advertising <laughs> Company. I forgot I bought TTD. Well, you might want to take a look at it. <laughs> I'm up fifty thousand in TTD, guys. I am. They're up down. They're down after hours. I wonder if they had an earnings event. Uh, I'm up seventy percent in restoration hardware. Seventy percent. That's sixty thousand dollars. I could probably buy four restoration hardware sofas for sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> right? Maybe. Maybe. Probably more like three. Maybe three or four. Uh, I am up 52% in PLT. What is PLT that? Plan, wait, Plantronics what? or what, what is it? Um, am I still in Plantronics? This is insane. There's no way I'm still in Plantronics. What? Ladies I thought I sold that. Oh, we have the conference wait, call started now. Third quarter earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Plantronics. After the speaker, I still own my Plantronics. I didn't realize I owned them. Session. Dude, to ask a question during the session, you will need to press star one on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference may be recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the call over to your speaker today. Chris, I'm going to send you the number so you can uh, call in. Relations, Peter, okay. speak. sir, please go ahead. Oh, sorry. Hi, this is Dave Hansen from third quarter earnings conference call for our fiscal year ending June 30, 2020. Joining us today on the call to answer your questions are John Foley, our co-founder and CEO, William Lynch, our president, and Jill Woodworth, our CFO. A copy of today's shareholder letter is available on the investor relations section of our website at www.onepeloton.com and has been furnished to the SEC on Form 8K. 
Before we begin, I would like to remind you that our comments and responses to your questions reflect management's views as of today only and will include statements related to our business that are forward-looking statements under federal securities law. Actual results may differ materially from those contained in or implied by these forward-looking statements due to risks and uncertainties associated with our business. For a discussion of the material risks and other important factors that could impact our actual results, please refer to our SEC filings and today's shareholder letter, both of which can be found on our website. During this call, we will discuss both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. A reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financial measures is provided in today's shareholder letter. With that, I'll turn the call over to John, who will begin with a few opening remarks. John? Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us to discuss our third quarter results. As a New York City-based company, we've seen firsthand the magnitude of the COVID-19 crisis and we offer a heartfelt thank you to all of those working tirelessly on the front lines to battle this epidemic. Our top priority has been and continues to be the safety, health, and well-being of our employees, members, and the communities in which we operate. As detailed in our shareholder letter released this afternoon, we've made a number of significant operational changes in order to safely continue our service. Fitness routines yield significant benefits to overall physical and mental well-being, and we remain committed to serving our members throughout this difficult time. We obviously recognize that a tremendous number of businesses and their employees are facing extraordinary challenges at this time. Our hearts go out to all of those negatively impacted by this crisis across broad sections of the economy. As you might imagine, however, the shelter-in-place and work-from-home realities have created a meaningful tailwind for Peloton and the broader ongoing consumer shift towards at-home fitness experiences. While this tailwind is undeniably positive for our business financially, we are more proud of our member growth, the increased engagement of our members on our platforms, and the feedback we've received from our members about how Peloton has helped them maintain their physical and mental well-being in these difficult times. Specifically, we ended the quarter with over 886,000 connected fitness subscribers, representing 94% year-over-year growth. Member count is now over 2.6 million, inclusive of our 176,000 Peloton digital subscribers. Over the past year, we've seen steady gains in member engagement as we've expanded content verticals and launched new member experiences. With so many members now under stay-at-home orders, this quarter saw an even larger gain than expected. Our Connected Fitness subscribers logged 44.2 million workouts with us in the quarter, up from 18.0 million workouts in the same period last year, representing 145% year-over-year growth. On a subscriber basis, that is 17.7 average monthly workouts per Connected Fitness subscriber, compared to 13.9 workouts in the same period last year. With this growth, the value proposition of our platform has never been stronger. This incredible engagement with our connected fitness products led to our lowest level of churn in four years. For the quarter, our average net monthly connected fitness churn was 0.46%. 
In addition, we now have over 176,000 digital subscribers with growth attributed to improvements we have made to our fitness content and software features available on our digital app. Our price changed to $12.99 in December and the extension to new platforms like Amazon Fire TV. Early in the COVID crisis, we extended the digital subscription free trial period from 30 days to 90 days, resulting in over 1.1 million downloads of Peloton Digital in the past six weeks. We were extremely proud to offer so many people free access to our incredible fitness content during this time. I am also proud of our financial performance this quarter with revenue growing 66% year over year to $524.6 million. With strong revenue flow through and leverage against our fixed costs, we achieved our first adjusted EBITDA positive quarter as a public company in Q3 with an adjusted EBITDA margin of 4.5%. Over the past several weeks, we believe we are accelerating our market share gains of the $600 billion global fitness industry and increasing our lead as the largest and most scale-connected fitness platform in the world. We believe the current environment of social distancing and working from home is permanently influencing consumer behavior driving more people to discover Peloton as the most engaging, entertaining, immersive, and motivating home platform for fitness and well-being. Our scale as a platform is a huge asset, but also presents some challenges. With tens of thousands of people on the leaderboard at a time and millions of members on the platform and growing rapidly, we continue to develop ways for our community to interact with each other in a more personal way. To that end, last week we launched Tags, a new social software feature that strengthens our network by leveraging the power of groups, making it easy to feel connected to others, even without existing connections on Peloton. Tags are a simple yet highly flexible way for members to express themselves, connect with others, and work out together. Members can create tags that represent their shared interests, their favorite sports team, college, charity, employer, geography, and more, or browse through the more than 50,000 tags that have been created by our community in just one week since its launch. Importantly, our members can now filter the in-class leaderboard by tag, taking a massive global leaderboard and making it instantly more intimate, personal, and motivating. Before turning it over to Jill, I want to mention a few additional milestones in Q3. On March 19th, we began broadcasting from our new flagship media compound, Peloton Studios New York. Equipped with a state-of-the-art technology, our new 35,000-square-foot facility has four studios under one roof, allowing us to film all fitness disciplines in one centralized location for the first time. When it opens to the public, Peloton Studios New York will be a destination for our member community to come together. I'd also like to highlight that our music and legal teams achieved an important milestone in the third quarter, resolving the litigation with Downtown Music Publishing. Since then, Peloton has welcomed thousands of new music publishers to our platform, adding great new songs that our members love to our already industry-leading library. We also settled our patent infringement litigation with Flywheel, further strengthening our ability to protect our intellectual property. 
We have a strong patent portfolio, which we continue to vigorously defend. Uh, yes. Hold on one moment. Actually, I want to express my gratitude and appreciation to the entire Peloton team across field operations, member support, retail, content production, our instructors, our folks on the manufacturing lines, and all of our employees at our headquarters in New York City, London, Taiwan, and Plano, who have all played an important role in supporting our members' physical and mental well-being through this COVID crisis and beyond. I am definitely proud to work at Peloton, and I hope you are too. Uh, yes, it is done. Thanks, John. We generated total revenue of $524.6 million in Q3, representing 66% year-over-year growth, exceeding expectations across all geographies, driven by strong demand for our bike. On our last earnings call, said we would face a challenging comp in Q3, given that our tread launched in the same quarter last year. So we are especially pleased with the growth we achieved in the quarter. I also noted that guidance would more closely map to results moving forward as we gained more clarity on key areas of variability. With that said, we were pacing at the high end of guidance or better for all of our financial metrics and KPIs. But starting in the first week of March, we saw a spike in demand for our bike and tread due to COVID-19. The significant increase in sales spans all of our markets and has continued into May. On March 19th, we paused activities that require entering the home, including tread delivery, return pickup, and in-home servicing. We will resume these activities when it is safe for our employees, members, and communities. Gross margin for the quarter grew to 46.8%. Our connected fitness product gross margin was 45.3%, exceeding our expectations. This was due to a mix shift to bike deliveries, continued improvements in our product costs, helped by our acquisition of Tonic, and the greater than expected fixed cost leverage in logistics due to sales outperformance and the shift to threshold delivery. These efficiencies were partially offset by hazard pay for our warehouse and delivery employees. Subscription gross margin was 57.8% and subscription contribution margin was 63.6%, exceeding expectations, primarily due to fixed cost leverage. Total operating expense, excluding non-recurring litigation and settlement expenses of 49.3 million was flat year over year as a percentage of total revenue. In mid-March, we paused all advertising in the majority of our markets, allowing us to see the benefits from many years of marketing investments in brand awareness and high customer satisfaction driving word of mouth referrals. That's huge. That's what I was waiting for. Gross margin. Yes. Operating expense leverage inclusive of lower marketing spend for the quarter. Our Q3 adjusted EBITDA was $23.5 million, representing an adjusted EBITDA margin of 4.5%. Very we have a strong balance sheet with over $1.4 of cash and cash equivalents and additional liquidity in the form of an untapped $250 million credit facility, providing significant resources to take care of our employees and members during this time while allowing us to continue to make investments in our platform to drive growth going forward. 
Moving on to guidance. For fiscal year 2020, we are raising our expected ending connected fitness subscriber range to 1.04 to 1.05 million versus our previous guidance of 920 to 930,000, representing 104 yes, year-over-year um, growth. I, I'm calling to actually for ask Q4, a question on the, we the conference call for Peloton. Be below 0.75%, reflecting recent trends and an expectation that we will revert to more normalized levels by the end of the quarter. In Q4, we expect revenue of 500 to $520 million, representing 128% year-over-year growth at the midpoint. For fiscal year 2020, we are raising revenue guidance to $1.72 to $1.74 billion, representing 89% year-over-year growth at the midpoint versus previous fiscal 2020 revenue guidance of $1.53 to 1.55 billion. We entered Q4 with a backlog of bike deliveries in all geographies and sales continued to surpass expectations into May. The unexpected sharp increase in sales has created an imbalance of supply and demand, unfortunately causing elongated order to delivery windows for our customers. While we are working to accelerate the supply of bikes and incurring higher costs, in order to expedite shipments, we do not expect to materially improve order to delivery windows in Q4. Moving on to margin. For Q4, we expect gross margin of 42.5 to 43.5% and a connected fitness product gross margin of 40 to 41%. As previously mentioned, this decline reflects cost to expedite product shipments and the continuation of hazard pay for warehouse and delivery employees. The decline in connected fitness product gross margin is partially offset by a mixed shift to bike deliveries. Our Q4 guidance assumes we continue to pause tread deliveries through the end of the quarter. If we resume in-home assembly sooner, that will provide upside to our connected fitness subscriber count and revenue expectations put modest pressure on connected fitness product gross margin and leave adjusted EBITDA unchanged. For Q4, we expect a subscription contribution margin of 63 to 64%. Year-over-year improvements in subscription gross margin and subscription contribution margin are driven primarily by continued leveraging of fixed costs of content production. We expect Q4 adjusted EBITDA of 55 to $65 million, representing an adjusted EBITDA margin of 11.8% at the midpoint. This means that for fiscal year 2020, we expect to earn 30 to 40 million of adjusted EBITDA and an adjusted EBITDA margin of 2% at the midpoint. Our expected Q4 profitability on an adjusted EBITDA basis is the result of notable and continued high demand for our bikes in all of our global markets. A robust gross profit margin profile, albeit with additional shipping and COVID-related costs, significant reduction to sales and marketing expense due to limited media spend, partially offset by the costs associated with the extension of our digital free trial period to 90 days. And lastly, significant leverage across our fixed expense base. 
While we are not at this time able to provide financial guidance for fiscal 21, we understand many of you are looking for help with modeling beyond the current fiscal year. We previously said we expected to achieve profitability in fiscal 2023, a goal we have achieved far sooner than originally forecast. The extraordinary events taking place over the past two months have measurably expanded our market opportunity and accelerated the ongoing yes. shift to connected fitness. Our fiscal yes. year 2020 profitability outlook demonstrates the strength of our financial model when scale and leverage are achieved. However, our underlying strategy is unchanged. We plan to continue to prioritize connected fitness subscriber growth and invest aggressively behind new products, software, fitness programming, and international growth. As John noted earlier, we believe COVID-19 will have a long-term impact on the fitness industry with many people likely not returning soon or at all to gyms or boutique fitness locations. With over 90 million gym memberships across our four current global markets, the US, UK, Canada, and Germany, and only 2.6 million members today, we continue to see a long runway for growth in the coming quarters and years. We expect to provide fiscal 21 guidance in the fall when we report Q4. I will now turn it over to the operator to take your questions. Certainly, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star then one on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered and you'd like to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Our first question comes from the line of Doug Elmo from JP Morgan. Your question, please. Great, thanks for taking the questions. Um, first, we're just hoping you could provide some thoughts on how much of the sales lift you think was driven by cohort of demand versus what might be a more durable change to the demand for you knew this was coming right it's the first question second yeah. um you mentioned Hope the answer well elongated wait times uh on bikes can you just talk about where you see kind of the the bottlenecks if that comes more in please don't answer like netflix did or or perhaps <laughs> both. thanks Great. Hi, Doug. It's Jill. I'll take the first question and then hand it over to William to address your second question around supply chain and logistics. Um, so, uh, great question. As you can imagine, this is a very important topic for us as a management team to understand as we resource plan across the organization for the next several quarters. Um, I think, as I said uh, in the prepared remarks, we were tracking to the high end of guidance until the first week of March. Uh, when we saw the spike in demand for our products, which means Q3 outperformance on sales and in connected fitness subscribers as well, um, above the top end of our financial guidance was COVID related. In short, though, we believe that we are seeing a significant expansion in our serviceable addressable market. Uh, we define our serviceable addressable market as consumers who have purchase intent for our current products at our current price point. Um, a year ago, we measured our SAM at 14 million connected fitness products. With purchase intent largely following our growth in brand awareness prior to COVID, we believe we already had significant expansion of our SAM given the progress we've made across our geographies and growing our brand awareness. We are in constant dialogue too with our members and like many companies are working very hard to understand the impact of COVID-19. Um, so while it's a little early to draw some definitive conclusions, um, we have uh, done some uh, recent research 
on purchase intent of our post-COVID buyers, and we attribute a large percentage of our increase in sale as at sales as an expansion of our SAM, as there are a large percentage of people who previously did not indicate purchase intent of a Peloton bike prior to COVID, which we view as a significant expansion of our market opportunity. Further, I would say we continue to see persistent and sustained sales um, of our bike across all regions today, even with the elongated order to delivery windows. And most exciting to us is that our newest buyers are engaging even more with our products than any new buyer co cohort has done and engaging more than some of our older cohorts. And we believe um, new at-home routines are continuing um, are going to continue to stay intact even uh, when when COVID has passed. So um, we're very excited about our growth profile moving forward. And we think that a lot of this is just validating our long-held view that the Peloton experience is like no other. And once people try it for themselves, um, they get converted. So, so we're very excited about the expansion of our market. Hey, Doug, thanks, uh, Julian Lynch, thanks for the question. Um, so in terms of the, the constraint on the supply chain, it's, it's bike inventory. Um, with the way we, uh, we, we, first of all, we aim to get our products to members as quickly as possible. Typically, we're on a seven to nine day order to delivery. Um, and, uh, and we perform extremely well in that regard in this case. Um, we, we plan inventory levels based on sales forecasts out number of days, any text number of days. Q4 is a seasonally low period for us historically. And so we planned out the number of days we wanted to carry with the sales acceleration that hit and uh, and created the imbalance that, uh, that Jill referenced in the initial statement. And so the good news is we've got an incredible supply chain team, uh, one of the best in the industry. And so we've worked quickly to expand uh, within our existing facilities. And, and if you just look at uh, what we're producing today versus what we were producing in early March, we've been able to more than double the output. And then if we look to the future, uh, to the point on sort of structural changes and, and our growth going forward and move to connect fitness, uh, as we'd mentioned, we uh, are investing in a new factory. Um, this is part of the tonic acquisition, a big new factory in Tainan in, a, in an area called Shinji, and that'll come online uh, in December and will help fulfill holiday demand. Uh, it, it'll actually help uh, uh, production for holiday and then beyond. And so we feel like we're really well positioned. It's worth noting that um, in terms of supply, the guidance that we provided for Q4, we feel very confident and comfortable that we have um, we have supply against that guidance. And, um, and we're doing everything we can short, mid, long term to, to ensure we have supply capacity going forward. But it, it, it is absolutely like inventory. Great. Thank you both. Thank you. And we also ask that you please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. You may get back in the queue as time allows. Our next question comes from the line of Justin Post from Bank of America. Your question, please. Uh, great. Thank you. Obviously, an unusual time. Looks like you're handling uh, demand as well as you can. I was just wondering, um, on the product development side, um, I know this new studio is opened and it's hard to tell uh, what impact, but maybe you could talk about when things get back to normal, how that's going to help with the uh, content for Peloton. And then secondly, uh, you already got to start thinking about next year. How is the pipeline on, on new products right now? 
And has there been any impact on, on product development from so uh, talk about any of the products that you've heard about, Chris? Yeah, I'll take uh, Justin. This is John Foley. Thanks for calling. Um, I will take the new product one. And then, William, you want to take the content? Um, uh, uh, with respect to new products, uh, we did tease uh, in the last couple quarters that we had some innovation and some new things that we were going to bring to market this year. Um, you can imagine, like every other company um, in the world, uh, that the COVID crisis has uh, forced us to rethink um, rolling out anything new. Obviously, our retail stores are closed right now. Uh, William alluded to the realities of the supply chain and what we're working through with our current uh, product portfolio. Um, so uh, we did have to rethink um, the timing of, of new product launches. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, but real. Um, in a good way, uh, in an exciting way, I, I, it feels like, um, or we do at this point, have a significant backlog of innovation and R&D that, uh, that we are looking forward to bringing to market, um, uh, as you can imagine. So uh, a lot of that stuff has been taking place over the last year or two, continues to take place uh, even in a shelter-in-place reality. Um, and so we do have a backlog, and we will... Um, we will bring those products and those innovations to market uh, when we can. Um, uh, we're obviously not going to announce the timing today, but we are very excited about it, and uh, um, it's uh, it's going to be impressive, I believe. And then, Justin, to your point on the content side, that studio sets us up um, to do exactly what we what we um, expressed both in terms of um, to investors, but most most important to our members, which is expand the types of content we offer and increasingly add more and more utility um, to the Peloton membership, which is why in, in, in some large part we're seeing the engagement that, that Jill mentioned, engagement growth that Jill and John mentioned um, in the beginning. Just in the last um, few months, we've launched new fitness verticals like Fifth Family, which was actually in development before COVID started and getting incredible engagement, 200,000 classes and workouts. That's something that our content team put together so the whole family can work out together and it's super topical during this, this time where everyone's sheltering in place. Things like dance cardio, uh, which um, has had close to 650,000 classes and we just launched that, um, you know, a month ago. And so um, these new studios will continue to allow us to expand the fitness disciplines. It's becoming more and more important. We've seen uh, adoption of non-cycling fitness classes has exploded. Um, so things like strength training, which is massively uh, strategic to us. We believe that cardio and strength are the two pillars of, of fitness. And so we feel great about cardio with our bike line and our tread line. And then, and then um, strength is something that um, is, is a super fast part of the a growing part of the portfolio and that people continue to invest in. So those studios coming online will allow us to just keep expanding, expanding that content. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Edward Urema from KeyBank Capital Markets. Your question, please. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the question. And that Robin live from her home ride was fantastic. Uh, two quick ones for me, I guess. First, um, on marketing longer term, given the kind of power of word of mouth here, uh, any rethink to kind of how long it'll take for you to achieve kind of the longer term marketing objectives from a leverage perspective, kind of current period now understanding. And two, um, are you seeing any changes in the underwriting standards uh, from your finance partner? Thank you. Yeah, I, I will um, take the first 
uh, I'll, I'll actually take both questions, but I'll answer the second question first. Um, and the answer is no, we have not uh, changed any standards. Um, our partners um, have not changed any underwriting standards to our knowledge. We feel very good. Um, we've had very consistent uh, financing penetration um, over the last couple of months. And um, as you can imagine, um, I think we've, we've talked about this before. We've had um, to date extremely low uh, default rates and a fairly healthy credit profile uh, of a lot of those that participate uh, in our financing program. So um, we feel very good about that. And again, the consistency that we've seen on financing penetration, um, we think helps uh, support that. Um, the second question on sales and marketing spend, I'll kick it off and then maybe uh, turn it to William as well um, to add anything uh, that I've missed. But um, 100 percent, um, this has been a really interesting time for us um, where we've reduced media spend because of the organic demand that we've had. Um, and we're continuing to pause that media spend um, in, in most of our markets. And what's been interesting is to see the years of investments um, that we put into building our brand and building product awareness um, and the investments that we've made to create the best experience, member experience and customer journey that we can. Um, so we're seeing, you know, really great word of mouth. Um, I, I, I can say that um, as our membership gets larger, what's interesting is, is with the engagement growing, the base getting larger, um, we do think we're going to see some uh, rival effect of word of mouth becoming increasingly more important. Um, it does lead us to believe, especially given the payoff we're seeing today in terms of, again, um, the, the, the increased sales, um, despite having uh, zero marketing uh, media dollars deployed, um, we do think... Zero marketing. <laughs> we should expect to see much more... Uh, marketing efficiency than we originally forecast. Um, I'll just say with that said, we're still in the very early endings of growth as a platform, and we're going to continue to smartly grow sales and marketing spend so that we stay top of mind with consumers. I might up my position tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Not to yeah. Add to that. I, uh, Jordan, you will, right? Here the word of mouth point at is, is um, it's an astute point, and we've seen word of mouth grow. We do a post-purchase survey to ask our um, new buyers where they first heard about Peloton and what's influencing their decision, and we've seen word of mouth grow during this COVID period um, as a percent of, of the what new buyers cited as, as influencing the, the purchase decision faster than we've, we've ever seen it. So um, clearly this experience, it's unmatched. The way we treat members, the investments we put towards um, things like our delivery and, and member experience, post-purchase service. Um, we, we'd hoped uh, those would pay off. We believe they would, and, and we're seeing that in terms of a, a marketing uh, viral effect. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Ron Josie from JMP Securities. Your question, please. Great. Thanks for taking the question and, and amazing numbers. So I wanted to ask John maybe a bigger question, just given your commentary around social distancing and and obviously the natural demand we're seeing. Just give, give us some insights on how you're thinking about the retail strategy. I think all stores and showrooms are still closed and you're still seeing significant demand. And, and also if there's any update on, on what you're seeing from digital subscribers potentially converting over into uh, connected fitness subs. Thank you. Great, actually, um, 
William, do you want to take the question on retail and then John um, can take uh, the next question? I was answering the question on mute, so I'm glad you interrupted. Oh, got it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you might have, we might have lost you, John. No, no, let me, uh, let me weigh in real quick. um, And William uh, can definitely provide more color on, on probably both answers, but Um, uh, Ron, with respect to the retail stores, as you know, we have close to 100 retail stores across four different countries. Um, And the good thing about our retail stores, uh, we love them. Uh, We love what they do. We love uh, people being able to try the products. Um, We we look forward to launching products. Uh, They're kind of a hub for their local community. But as you point out, we don't necessarily need them, and and our sales have been strong uh, without them um, for the last few weeks uh, or a couple months. Um, but what we're excited about uh, when you think about reopening them is that we don't have to be on the bleeding edge, um, unlike other retailers and studios, for that matter, who uh, their entire business depends on getting back open. Um, we are going to be able to be a little bit more cautious um, and uh, say call it the trailing edge of, of opening back up uh, because our retail folks are actually <clears throat> adding value from home, uh, helping out with member experience and inside sales. But we we are committed to retail. We love retail. Um, in this environment, uh, you could actually see us with some retail struggling uh, 12 months from now, having even better leases, better locations. Um, and so uh, retail has been and will continue to be an important part of, of our strategy and our multi-channel marketing and the efficiency of uh of how we uh, we go to market um, and we embrace or we engage with our consumers, um, and then the second thing around digital conversion, um, it's uh, it's obviously too early to say on how the 1.1 million trialers are going to convert because they haven't come up to the uh, the 90 day um, uh, gate where they would have to uh, decide um, uh, to be become a digital subscriber. But you can imagine that um, with the engagement we're seeing from those people um, and the quality of the content that, that uh, um, as Justin uh, uh, brought up, is going to continue to get better as Peloton Studios New York comes online and next year as Peloton Studios London comes online. So more content, more verticals, more ways to engage with that content. Um, we expect that a lot of those 1.1 million will either uh, become a digital subscriber or eventually become a connected fitness uh, um, purchaser, which is uh, obviously the golden goose for our business. And uh, but we would welcome both of those. But at this point, we don't have any data on the on the conversion. Great, thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Jason Helstein from Oppenheimer. Your question, please. Hi, it's Anthony. I'm for Jason. Uh, given what you've seen the past six weeks um, around the digital-only subscription. Uh, do you believe that can be an attractive LTV business if new users don't convert to connected fitness subs but remain digital only after the promotional period expires? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that, and, and Jill and William, you, can, you guys can weigh in. Um, we haven't seen uh, the type of explosive unit economics um, in that business that would lead us to believe that it's going to be a meaningful driver of, of the bottom line for Peloton in, in the next couple of years. That said, uh, we've seen a great increase in LTV and a increase in LTV to CAC ratio with our lower price going to 1299. Um, some of the new uh, engagement touch points like Android TV. Um, and so uh, we love the business. Uh, we are, we've said this and we continue to, um, to do it is, is kind of run it at unit economic break even and just try to get as many people on the platform as possible because 
Um, we do like introducing people to our content before and let them, letting them trial it before they buy. Uh, but uh, right now, mostly we're thinking about it as uh, lead gen for our connected fitness uh, platforms um, as we bring, uh, as we um, execute on our better best strategy and we potentially have lower price points in um, in our different lines, uh, you could see more of those digital trialers and more of those digital subscribers engaging and buying our products. So it, it is a beautiful wheelhouse or, or virtual flywheel at this point, but uh, we we still aren't saying that it's going to be a, a massive standalone business um, uh, yet. Thank your you. Question? Yeah. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of James Hardiman from Wedbush Securities. Your question, please. Good afternoon. Um, what's your strategy to keep uh, the connected fitness turned down once the gyms uh, actually reopen? It, it, it sounds like um, you know it's safe to say that the upside versus versus your numbers. Uh, for 3Q and potentially 4Q are, are largely people that, that didn't have access to their gyms. How do you keep those people in, in the fold? Uh, obviously, it helps if they just bought a, a $22 piece of equipment. Uh, but is that sort of when we should think about sales and marketing resuming as gyms begin to reopen and there's you know increasing options for people looking to, to stay in shape? Yeah, maybe I'll start, and and obviously John uh, chime in. Um, but I, I think what's what's been the most encouraging aspect of some of the data that we've collected from our post COVID nineteen buyers is that they're incredibly uh, engaged with our product, and no doubt a large percentage of them had uh, um, fitness routines that they can no longer do. Um, but we've heard countless stories. Uh, of, of a lot of our newest members who, again, did not have purchase intent for the Peloton bike prior to COVID-19, who are complete converts, right? I think um, so many people are now able to experience the immersiveness and entertainment and software features and community. Um, and, and we believe so strongly in the value proposition of our product that we think that um, we are permanently changing the behavior of many of these new members. Um, and, and again, I think, you know, just based on, um, you know, our, our own research, you know, we, we do think um, it'll be a slow climb, you know, for people to get comfortable um, in environments such as gyms and boutiques. And so I think we feel very confident um, that we're going to be able to keep these members engaged. And, and I think William pointed out earlier as well, um, you know, when, when we think about our, our sole aim at this company, it is to drive engagement of our members and everything we do is to drive engagement. So the better we can make our software features, um, like tags, um, the better we can, um, you know, the more content we're creating, the more fitness verticals, um, and we're going to continue to do that over the next several months. I, I, I think we're going to be able, um, to, to convert and continue to attract a lot of our newest members um, who we think might be hesitant to go back uh, to the gym anytime soon. Great. And then sort of a follow-up as we, as we think about, you know, reopening the economy. Um, I forget who made the comment in the prepared remarks about uh, not being able to go into people's homes, uh, particularly to, to bring treadmills, um, is actually holding back connected subscriber growth. Now, obviously, it takes longer to deliver uh, if you're going into people's homes, which would seem to suggest that that the delivery 
function is not a bottleneck in any way. Can you just talk us through how to think about when we get back to sort of a normal delivery process, how that actually helps the throughput? William, oh, but I think the rate limiting factor for Q4 is really supply chain. It is not delivery capacity. Um, but, but William, maybe you could walk through some of the efficiencies that we've gained over the last couple of months and, and tread delivery as well. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's important to note that tread was, uh, ahead before we had to pause deliveries. Uh, tread was tracking ahead of our forecasts. So we felt great about tread and, and just our ability to gain traction in what's still a relatively new category. Um, for Peloton, and um, as, as, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of cardio, we feel like Tread's an important beachhead for us, so um, we were definitely tracking ahead. We were able to take, um, with the explosion in bike demand, we were able to take some of our field ops, our incredible field ops um, folks, and, and shift them over from uh, what would have been Tread deliveries to bike deliveries, and so... It's one of the many benefits of our vertical model, and we actually have seen this across the business. We do a lot of um, a lot of things ourselves here at Peloton, and so whether it's retail and shifting some of those retail folks over into inside sales as we closed the stores to be able to take phone calls and all the inbound demand and orders, um, retail our retail folks led by Jen Parker and, and her amazing team also helped on the member experience side, answer phones. Um, it, 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 the macro point is our vertical model really gives us flexibility in our great management team. To your specific question, that's what we were able to do, and that's the efficiencies we saw. We were able to take, um, we were able to take the, the field ops capacity we would have put to tread, and we were able to vector that into this um, incredible spike and growth in, in, in bike demand. The only thing I would add, and I mentioned this earlier, that if if we are able to resume tread before the end of the quarter, we will 100% have the delivery capacity for that. Um, but obviously the, the current guidance assumes we are not resuming tread deliveries before the end of Q4. More upside. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Heath Terry from Goldman Sachs. Your question, please. Great, thanks. Um, just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the into the supply chain discussion. Um, if I look at the um, the backlog that you had uh, reported on the balance sheet in in Q uh, for the for the March quarter, um, it would appear that you 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 had about ninety five thousand bikes um, on order at that point. Um, and you know I compare that to the you know roughly um, you know one hundred sixty five thousand that that are you know, implied in the guidance um, for the um, for the for the June quarter, um, I, I've got to imagine you guys are going to sell a lot more and probably already already have just in the month of April, um, uh, a lot more than sixty five or you know seventy thousand seventy thousand bikes. Um, is that is the guidance for for Q two um, an indication of sort of what you know that one hundred and sixty five hundred and seventy thousand? Um, uh, where the supply chain sits now, um, or sort of where the capacity of the supply chain sits now. And um, could you give us a sense of sort of all of these efforts that you have to expand the capacity of the supply chain, sort of where supply chain capacity could be in September, 
in December, you know, and particularly, you know, in, de- in December, given that you, you know, won't necessarily have the ability to pre-build the way you normally would ahead of a, ahead of a typical holiday season. Is there guys, is there this was my question. This was literally exactly my question. Um, ability to deliver beautiful supply chain's capacity to deliver, Thank you, Goldman. Um, you know, over the, over the next six, did one six thing, months. right. Um, I just want to make a couple points of clarification and then I think William can do a deeper dive for you on on what we're doing from a supply chain perspective. Um, I think I've said in the past that uh, it's hard to look at our inventory and get an accurate picture of how many bikes right we we have uh, available for sale and as you can imagine order to delivery time um, vary significantly across uh, the different markets. It depends on kind of where we're seeing certain spikes in demand. And as you know, we have um, two and a half dozen warehouses um, across the country and, and now warehouses in Germany and the UK and Canada. So um, looking and, and there's tread inventory there. So I wouldn't necessarily look at inventory. Um, yeah, I, I as, wasn't looking as at inventory. Great, I was looking yeah. at the um, I was looking at deferred at your deferred revenue line. Yeah, and and so and, and on deferred revenue, um, yes, we we one hundred percent entered Q four with a with a pretty decent backlog. And then remember, any sales that are occurring in Q four are also going to be a um, you know a backlog for fiscal year twenty one. Um, so with that i don't know if william you want to address some of the specifics around what we're doing in supply chain but it, it there it definitely is is um you know we we feel very what i will say is we feel very good um about the the sales and subscriber uh, estimates that we're giving for q4 um that those we feel very confident we can deliver on from a supply chain perspective Sure. Yeah, I'll um, just add, Keith. You know, we've done a lot to de-risk the supply chain and support this uh, this growth, including yeah, and just where we put our manufacturing. We have two terrific manufacturers in Tonic, who is now, as you know, last fall we acquired Magtonic and is now part of Peloton, and then Rexon, who is a, a third-party manufacturer also in Taiwan. And so we're dual-sourced on bike and most of the major components. So that's de-risked our supply chain a lot on the manufacturing side. Um, you know, as well on the delivery side, we're able to, um, we've got great 3PL delivery providers. So in addition to our own field ops uh, team, we've got um, XVO and we've got uh, JB Hunt. And so we're able to flex volume there. And, and we think in the long term, we are a growth company. And we, um, you mentioned Holiday. Uh, we, we are coming online with a new factory. We've made significant CapEx in that factory. We saw it coming. We saw this growth coming. Uh, not this, not in this COVID period, but 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 in terms of our mid to long term growth, and so we've got that new factory coming online. I'm not going to talk about unit capacity, but that is a substantial addition to our ability to manufacture connected fitness equipment. That it's both um, bike and tread out of that new factory. So um, huge, we like huge. We're going to be able to support the growth in the business, and that's true across areas like member experience, where we've been scaling up, and Brad Olson and that team has been able to service members uh, in a terrific way out of our Plano HQ2. So uh, uh, we're, we're comfortable. When, when you say, when you say comfortable, 
William, I mean, is there is that a is that a suggestion that you don't feel like the the, the like you're going to be able to get to a point by the holiday season where you feel like yeah. supply chain yeah, capacity is not a limitation of growth? We do. Yeah, we're not giving guidance, and um, sure. obviously demand's been a lot harder heat um, in this. If you look at our forecast variability, we're we're pretty tight. We had, and um, I don't think anyone could have expected this period we're in, as you fully realize. As we think about as the X factor is. Sort of what does the baseline look like coming out of this? And so uh, we're not going to give guidance, but I think Jill uh, articulated our view, which is we believe that this whole thing has accelerated a move to connected fitness. We are obviously feel great about the business mid to long term, and so we we feel like we've got plans in place to support our growth. Great. All right. I'll leave it at that. Thank you both. Strong. Good answer. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Jonathan Kump from Bayer. You're not giving them anything negative. Not one negative yeah. piece yeah, I, on this call. One of the commenters marketing. was talking about um, how they seem like a Robin Hood type company because their their answers are like dialed well, in. and they're When you shorten the order to true. deliver lead time. Very true. Any marketing back on, kind of any, any additional thoughts on the levels, we should expect that and, and even some of the tactics you're planning. Yeah, so um, in Q4, uh, the the assumption right now is the majority uh, uh, the majority of our media spend is turned off in most of our markets. Obviously, there's still very nascent markets for God, us. I love that. Um, like Germany, where you know we're still in the very early stages of of brand building, um, but predominantly um, it, for the U.S. and, and U.K., um, we are turning off. Um, the majority of of our media spend, which I think we've said in the past is has been roughly, you know, call it half um, of our cost structure in huge marketing. Um, and so in terms of the, the one other thing I would point out is we do have a slight offset to that in Q4, which is um, the the cost uh, that it require uh, it was required for the 90 day free trial. Um, so those 1.1 million members streaming and music costs, um, that is a slight offset to sales and marketing. So, um, induction in sales and marketing and offset, um, there is an offset. So, uh, all, uh, lost media spend. But yeah, I think, um, William, if you want to mention, um, when we might think about turning that media on, um, over the next several months. But for yeah, the Q4, so, just so you know, yeah, it's 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 assumed in our model uh, through the end of Q4 for sure with the elongated order to delivery. Yeah, as Jill, as Jill noted, we um, we feel like these investments in creating awareness around Peloton and new products is an asset for us, and we think we're reaping the benefits of all this awareness building and our leadership in connected fitness now in a time where we're off. You could envision. Uh, John talked about the innovation pipeline and new products. You can envision, you know, substantial marketing going behind that in future quarters. Again, we're not going to announce anything, but we feel great about that. As Jill noted, we're still on in Germany where we feel like we're, we're, uh, as you know, we just launched Germany. Uh, we're still, um, on in TV and, and digital marketing activities and other, other marketing channels to create awareness. Um, so that's how we think about it. Um, we will come back on with marketing. We will find efficiency, as Jill noted, as we get into 2021 and beyond. Um, we don't think we'll be off forever, and we're going to invest buying new products and new geos to, to, to continue to lead in connected fitness. Okay, great. And maybe just one follow-up then on the 
Jill, the study that you mentioned of new connected fitness customers who weren't previously considering purchase, as well as the uh, 1.1 million who downloaded the app for free. Um, any more details on the characteristics of those customers, either demographics or you know, what their fitness routines were previously? Just, just any more insight on those two bases uh, of new customers potentially? Yes. Um, no, that's a that's a really great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it, it, in terms of the post-COVID buyers specifically, one of the bo- most notable uh, changes in demographics is that their uh, the, the cohort of age under 35 has significantly grown. And, and even before that, I know we've previously said in the past that our fastest growing demographics are those that make under 75,000 and those that are under 35. We've seen a huge acceleration um, of that lower um, age group. And we've seen very consistent um, household income data over the last, uh, call it, couple of quarters. So we're really encouraged um, by that. Our average age of our customer is going down pretty significantly. Um, and I would also say, um, again, back to the engagement stats, which we think is always the best leading indicator, um, is that our most recent buyers are working out with us more than any other new co- cohort that we've seen. Obviously, there's the shelter in place that is probably driving some of that engagement, um, but we're very encouraged by that. It's not too late for you to buy, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Tomorrow could be a huge day on this one. Final this is, question for Terry Thompson line of Yusuf Squally from SunTrust. Your They're question killing for- it. They're killing Thank this call. Very much. Two quick ones. One, the first one is just a quick clarification on new products. Does the what's happening with COVID ultimately delay or accelerate the potential rollout of, of a lower price trend, as you guys have talked about earlier? Just considering some of the issues you've had with the, with the heavy kind of one uh, that you're selling right now. And John, um, so congrats, obviously, on hitting profitability. That's a huge milestone. But with, uh, with a, a very comfortable cash uh, on, on the balance sheet and, and, and profitability, can you just speak to your um, uh, capital allocation? Uh, have, have, has, has COVID changed any of your thinking around maybe M&A, maybe international expansion, doing it a little faster than initially anticipated? Um, any any color there would be great. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good question. We are uh, we are absolutely 100% committed to having a uh, say a the best treadmill at a lower price. Um, we've talked about that a lot. Um, we were committed uh, last quarter and the previous quarter. We're uh, we're more committed today. Um, we uh, personally, I love that experience that boot camp cross-training, um, circuit workout, um, uh, on the tread, off the tread, strength training uh, program that, uh, that a boot camp and a Peloton tread offers and that Peloton tread current owners love. And bringing that at a more affordable price point is a massive priority for our entire team. Um, again, um, uh, this COVID world has, has forced us to relook at how, we, how and when we launch products this year. Or, or next, or you know, whenever. But um, but we remain 100% committed to it. Um, Sounds like this year, didn't that sound like this year, guys? And yeah. owning, yeah, you let it slip. Glory globally. That is a high priority. That was a slip. I know it's a high priority for you guys uh, or for, for your investors. 
Um, you know, we are not a stationary bike company. I know it looks like that right now because we've had to pull back and just deliver bikes for the past few weeks. But uh, please don't take that as anything around our focus or the importance of the tread category for Peloton. It, it, it remains a super high priority, and we're very excited about that lower-priced uh, product in that category. Um, the second question was around our balance sheet and profitability and um, how we think about uh, growth or investing. Um, at this point, USF, uh, uh I can't say we're going to change much about our strategy. We've been pretty aggressive with growth. Um, you know, this is we're going into uh, um, you know another a sixth year of triple-digit growth on the subscriber uh, growth, um, and we're very proud of that. Um, and uh, we are <laughs> proud of our balance sheet. Uh, we think it could become strategic uh, with respect to M&A. Um, unfortunately, we don't see anything um, awesome that would really uh, change the trajectory of what we're doing. So we're um, uh, one, two, uh, our first, second, and third priority are, are uh, organic growth. Um, we are, you know, we have a great M&A team, and we're looking uh, at smaller things that might accelerate one or two things we're doing. But um, for the most part, M&A doesn't look like it's going to be a big part of our next few quarters or maybe even a couple of years. But we um, we do like our balance sheet. Uh, it lets us sleep well. The profitability, you're right, uh, make uh, for, from my perspective allows um, the investors to start to see the power of our of our model. Um, so uh, more than anything, uh, we've been talking about the power of that. We've been talking about how Peloton is one of the few companies where growth versus profitability is not a trade-off. Uh, obviously, you just saw that. I think you'll continue to see that. Um, and so we aren't uh, we aren't changing anything. Um, you know, COVID uh, is changing the operations of everyone working from home, including our teams, and shutting down our stores and and um, having to do creative stuff on the content side. So there's operational changes we've had to make, but strategically we're still we're still on track. We will enter new markets to your point, and new international markets uh, to your point in the coming years. We will bring new products to market, but all of it has been uh, the same strategy we've been executing against for the past couple of years. Great. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank you. This does conclude the question and answer session of today's program. I'd like to hand the program back to John Foley for any further remarks. Yeah, so uh, in closing, I did want to loop back on the macro here coming off of Q3 and Q4. Like everyone, uh, with respect to COVID-19, we are hoping for a speedy recovery back to normal. We are pulling for society. We're rooting for society. We're pulling for science. We're pulling for New York City, by the way. Um, where, where a lot of us live. Uh, on a personal note, uh, I never realized how social I am. I literally can't wait to go to a buzzy, fun, packed New York City restaurant with good friends in the not-too-distant future, God willing. Um, so we, we, we want to make it back to normal like everybody. Um, but that, with that said, uh, I want to talk about Peloton's future outlook and whether or not you want to own our stock. More uh, future outlook and whether you want to own the stock? Fitness, independent of when we get back to normal. Okay, you can order uh, just I what we're going to point out uh, that, like I just said, we are looking at our sixth consecutive year of growing our subscriber uh, count by more than 100%. Six years of triple-digit growth would hopefully lead you to believe that Peton is not a COVID story. Um, instead, we believe Peloton is the, fitness, uh, is the future of fitness because we offer better experiences at better locations, on better hardware, with better instructors, 
at a dramatically better value on a per workout basis, and you're going to hear more about that. For those of you who don't see the value as part of what we offer, um, we're, we're releasing a value calculator in the next couple of weeks, an updated value calculator on our website. I encourage you to play with it yourself to see um, when you're working out close to 18 times a month what type of value you're getting vis-a-vis -vis other options in the marketplace, boutique fitness or high-end gyms or even value gyms on a per-workout basis. Uh, but we are a better value today, and with increasing engagement, I think I'm going to remind everyone in Q2 you saw increasing engagement, in Q3 we just talked about the increasing engagement, and with more affordable products over time, we believe that Peloton will always be the best value in fitness. Better experiences at a better value that is COVID-proof, that is recession-proof, and that is 100% where the entire Peloton team is focused. So speaking of our team, one last thank you to the entire Peloton team for another fantastic quarter of delighting our members and outperforming expectations. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. And, and no, Million Dollar Millionaire, I don't want this to now connect. Good ever. We, we have been wow. – what you guys – what you guys don't I, see is this is me, Jordan, and Dave. This is our life every day, every night, going back as far as we can remember. This is what we do. This we live for these moments. But how cool, guys? How cool is it that we get to share this now? I love this format with like this this world, the people that are investing with us, going through it with us, the ups and downs. How cool is the win today? I, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I wanted you to win with us. I wanted you to win with us. <laughs> but like, hey. how cool is it to? It's not too late. And the thing is, after hearing that, you didn't convince me, Chris, but after hearing that CEO at the end saying, oh, by the way, now that the questions are over, I just have to say, if you want to, you really need to buy this stock. <laughs> you never hear a CEO or I don't know if that was a CFO or who that was, but you never hear them say just yep. one more thing. CEO. You aren't in. He that's actually cool. said, that's if you're not in PTON, you're, you're, you're messing up. You need to be in this stock for the next six years. You've never seen a company that does five years of 100% year over year growth, year after year. We're doing it again. We're not a COVID story. We're going in for the long term. We are the future. I've never heard a CEO. He, he's kind of Steve Jobs-ish. Doesn't he a little Steve Steve Jobs-ish? He kind of is. It, it, yeah. it's, it kind of reminds me of when when Steve Jobs would go off the rails. Unlike Elon, when he goes off the rails, oh. their marketing department is like, oh, no, what are we in for? The, the, <laughs> the compliance team is like, okay, hitting hitting like leaving the room so they don't hear it. <laughs> they, they, he was composed. He was professional. But he basically said, this is, this is a stock that you want to own. I might have to buy and own this stock for... Dave, this might be, this might buy be a right long-term hold for me. Okay, can I ask you something? I'm saying this. Could you just buy some right? I'm really worried. Tomorrow morning, I think this thing could run big. I real, I'm actually shocked it's not up more. I think it's when, up 11% in after hours. Uh, I don't Dave, think I think, I think, when, listen, you know, I've listened to, you're going you're gonna to say I'm lying. I've listened to probably 10,000 of these calls. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm always thinking about is, I know, you know, me and Jordan have spent a lot of time with hedge fund managers and with sell side. Uh, and we know how they think. We know what they're looking for. And my gut, my gut right now is that that was a superb call that is going to result in tremendous upgrades on the sell side. And I think funds buy. I think what's going to happen is in meetings tomorrow morning, 
funds are going to be like, let's just let's go. Let's they're going to treat this like an Amazon, like an Apple. They're going to treat it like a Lululemon, the next Lululemon. They're going to see the upside, guys. This could be a big, big mover this next year or two. God, Dave, I would love for you to get in right. Just get in half right now, Dave. I don't want you waiting. If this thing runs in the morning, you're not going to get in. I know you, and you're going to be like, ah, I'll wait for a big pullback. I get in like right now. Already- I feel like it already made its big move. It's up 10%. Dave, I don't see it going now. up another 10% in the morning. Do you? 20%? It could do it. It could. Do, I could see this in the mid-40s tomorrow. I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see it potentially happening, and it wouldn't shock me at all. Because honestly, Dave, that was a spectacular call. It was so poised. They answered every question right. They gave the sell side and the buy side nothing. They gave them nothing to, to, to go negative on. I see nothing to go negative on. D- Jordan, do you see anything negative? No, it was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. How, how many shares should I buy? Just get something. Get in there. Because I like, I, I, I like, man, I, I'm thinking, God, I might keep my options until midday. Now, I usually sell them about 30 minutes to an hour into market. But I might let them run to midday and maybe sell half tomorrow and the other half I could even keep to Friday. It's a little risky because who knows what the bigger market's going to do. But um, I wouldn't be shocked to see this in the low 50s, maybe even. It's possible is all I'm saying. Who knows? You can never predict these things, guys. You can never predict them. But, man, what more could you ask for? What more can you ask for? And what have we seen the last few weeks when we have a big winner? The big winners we continue see the to big run. Winners get yeah. rewarded. People they go in and buy these stocks. Yeah. And they continue to run. Yeah. As I was as I was listening, and you saw the chart continue to tick up as as the CEO was continuing to talk, and these questions were actually good questions being asked and solid solid answers along the way. Yeah. It's 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 rare to hear a call that that goes that well. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's it's always impossible to find the uh, after hours trading on Schwab. It's you remember? Not, oh, you're on Schwab. Schwab. Uh, yeah. I can go to the stock page, and then here it goes. Extended hours, and I have to agree to a bunch of. <clears throat> we just broke hours a record for our longest show ever, by the way. Longest show ever, and I gotta say, no, I want to no, say we're, some... only, we're, we're still under three hours. We've got three before, I think. <laughs> I want to say to everyone watching right now, and com- by the way, I love every com- literally every comment is the greatest entertainment I've ever seen. Guys, I love every one of you. Thanks for being with us through this. This this would not be half as fun if we didn't have the community with us. And we're going to be doing this for years. We're not going anywhere. Um, this is this is by the way, this is such an opportunity. This whole thing that we're in right now with the volatility and with the just the the pricing of some of these stocks, you must you absolutely must stay with us, guys. It's going to be so much fun over the next few months. I, uh, what I, else I, do we have in our life? Anyway, so we can't I, leave I also, our house. I also agree with this comment, though. It just pumped up 11% during a conference call. My gut tells me this is not the time to buy it. I should I should wait. So get a little. Get a little. I just want to know. Listen, here's the thing. You know it's good. I want to be able to call you and text you about Peloton and not have you be pissed every time I mention Peloton because you didn't get in. So get, get ha- 20%. That's how it's been this whole time. I basically, Dave, get yeah, 20, I don't care. Peloton's not tw- one. Get 20% of what you want to buy tomorrow. Get 25% of what you want to buy tomorrow. 30. But like, all right. get in a little, let's just put a little bit. Who cares if it goes down three, four bucks? I mean, between now and then. I think the risk is on the upside more than the downside here. I don't know because, listen, people are going to digest this. Listen, Peloton 
is an institutional type of of company okay like this is a company that is becoming one and it is it could be this brand that survives Mm -hmm. and becomes 40 50 million it's it's going to be one of those one of those brands that you stick with for life or it fades out and is just i don't know i don't listen jordan do you listen it might not be the 40 50 60 billion but do you see it fading out jordan as a pelt you see pelton like fading out in the next few years no No way. way No way. God, I'm talking smart bike, rowing machine, rowing machine, okay? Nope, I'm not Uh, on the rowing machine. I'd rather them just be a bike company and really a content and production company. No, what you're not seeing about rowing. Rowing isn't just rowing like that. Rowing is all kinds of exercises they're going to be doing, like for upper body, that they're going to leverage the rowing machine technology to do upper body exercise, all kinds of stuff for your back, right? All. That's what you don't get about the rowing machine. The rowing machine is more than just a rower. It gives them flexibility. And could you imagine all the home fitness equipment over the next five years that Peloton is going to allow people to create home gyms with instructors for all this stuff? Imagine having for $40 a month, having like literally the greatest, most beautiful instructors in the world. $40 a month plus the most expensive equipment. It's like if you commit to like, I'm all in on buying every Apple product that ever comes out. And I realize that this is more expensive than a competitive version from Microsoft. Do you know what people spend, not just on gyms, but on personal trainers? Do you have any idea? Do you know how how much did our good, I won't say his name. But how much did our good friend who's been on the show a few times spend on his personal <laughs> trainer that would come into his home with his Peloton and, and train them and then mix him like fruit shakes and stuff? Like he was spending 10 grand for like a few months. It was insane. So I here's the thing, guys. Yeah, they're financing these things too. So it's really not, you don't have to lay out too Yeah, grand. you don't have to lay out big money. It's nothing. Do you know how, how much? Are, uh, how much uh, is it? Like, if you were to buy just the bike and the and the forty, we know it's forty dollars for the subscription. It's, it's what, ninety bucks a month this, for everything. Ninety bucks, ninety a month for yeah. everything. Is right? It all ninety in? all in, all in. And by the way, Dave, Dave, that's not for one person. You and your wife for ninety bucks on all in get the get a machine and and both you get access to all the instructors, not just for biking, but for everything yoga and fitness and running everything dude and here's the deal uh, equinox membership costs 138 for one person a month for two people equinox is 270 a month do you know how many members equinox has i mean equinox alone uh, it's insane there's yeah, the, the market price, is- the price point kind of makes sense until they start coming up with upgrades and now oh i'm already in the 60 dollars a month bike and now i want to get an extra 200 dollars a month bike and no 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 worry then do you need to do the new calculator that he comes out with tomorrow. <laughs> Get on that price. You see the value calculator. See the value, Dave. I'm telling you, don't you got to see through the clouds to, to this universe that's opening up in front of us with Peloton. It is, it is insane. And, I, and I'm like, not giving I'm not into the peer pressure. I'm going to do my own due diligence, and I'm not going to invest just because Chris Camello told me to. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yes, but listen. Here's the deal. This is a special opportunity. It's not guaranteed. It can fall apart. There's a million things that could happen. Who knows what could happen tomorrow? But it, you know, Dave, that there are very few special opportunities like this and stocks like that. This has potential. No, potential I know. I know. To be a five, I, six, my, my, seven. The bigger, the bigger question for me is is timing because I don't think after a ten percent run up after hours buying it at the high i mean it could pull back in the morning and then go it could do all sorts i of have things. one word for you shopify 
Well, here's what I'll do. I'm gonna I'm gonna start selling some puts. I'm gonna sell puts on Peloton, <laughs> and then I'll get it in at a cheaper price than this 10. I I can probably get it That's for a no yesterday's brainer, price right? today. That's, That's what a, I'm gonna do. If you but sell puts, that you literally hours. can't go wrong. But get yeah. a little bit get a little bit of equity, just so you'll have you'll be in it forever with us right now. Just get get. No, I'm gonna sell shares. puts, and hopefully the, I'm gonna buy sell puts that are going to put the stock to me at a price that I'm happy with. Uh, yeah, but you, you, won't, you won't get those puts because they'll just expire worthless. You'll get the money. You'll get the premium. You just get 100 shares. Just get a little bit. Get a little bit. I'm, I'm not talking 100 shares. I'm trying to figure out what allocation of my portfolio needs to go in this. Is it is it 10%? Is it 5%? Is it 30%? Like, I could go 30%. Do you know this. what I'm worried about? I'm worried, Dave, that uh, if this thing runs into the mid-50s, even upper 50s tomorrow, that you're going to be like, now I'm definitely not getting Can you just get in a little bit of equity right now? Just a little bit of equity right now. And then also do your puts on top of that, on top of that, okay? So, okay. Jordan, by the That's way, can I'll I just do. put – Jordan, I'm so happy that you're in this with me. It's been a while since me and you have been in one and not Dave. This is great. Yeah. Doesn't it feel good? Yeah. <laughs> you like being part the, of his uh, peer pressure, uh, you know peer pressure time, stock pumping scheme? No. Do you know the last time I put pressure on Jordan? Because Jordan is like the ultimate AWS guy. He builds some of the most complex platforms in AWS for our former companies, right, that we started. And, 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 and Jordan, I was like, one day I said, Jordan, remember we're walking back to our office and said, how are you not in Amazon? You know more about AWS than anyone in the world. And how and he he thought he and he came back to me a few days. He's like, You're right, I got in. I bought Amazon. And that was a how much a share? 350. 350, yes. <laughs> I'm in the same I sold it like 700 or something like you that. You did sell early at 700. I, I still have those shares. Oh. oh, you kill me, dude. You kill me. Um, anyway, I want you to be in this with us because this is going to be a good one, I think. Uh, but <laughs> even at forty one dollars and thirty cents, you think this is a good buying time for me? You know, it's not You're all or nothing, Dave. So much money. How much? How many it's, shares should I buy? A thousand shares? Yeah, but at least a thousand. Come I mean, no, on, ten thousand shares. It's uh, only forty one dollars. So like, oh. If you're nervous, do do less. You know? Oh, it keeps now. It's running now. It's start. This is the thing. You longer you wait. <laughs> Just get in right now. Get in something. Don't get more than half of what you want. That way, if it drops, you can get the other half and feel good about it. You know. All right. All right. But, all right. Oh, um, anyway, guys, if you haven't liked the channel on this app, could you, would you please do us a favor and give us a thumbs up? This has been. So, I want. I would love to see more likes on this one than any of our episodes because it's such a fun one. Give us a like. Give us that thumbs up. Smash it. The YouTube algorithm does nothing for us unless we have tons of likes. So that would be good at this uh, pumping up stocks and our channel. <laughs> Hang on, it's not letting me. It's not letting me do a thousand shares. Hang on. Ugh, this is moving so quick, so hard, man. Oh, it's forty-one eighty-six now. I have to keep get raising a, my. It's gonna be in the mid-fifties soon. You gotta get it now. <laughs> forty-one. Get it now. So shall, I'm gonna go forty-one eighty. I'm gonna go. Just put it in at forty-one ninety-five. I go through. <laughs> I'm going to put it in it'll, it'll go through. I want to wait till this goes through. I want to I want to end this call. Listen, my goal was to get David to Peloton during this show. I was hoping it'd be before the show, for the early part of the show, but I'll take the end. I'll take right. the end. Order received. After hours. I have to go to order status now. It's very clunky ordering after hours. And oh, I bought. Filled at yes, forty one. We got him in. Filled. I had an order in at forty one ninety. I get it forty one sixty nine.
Dumb Money is fully in Peloton. The whole Dumb Money trio. We're all in. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't smashed the button, you should have smashed the button long, long ago. If you haven't subscribed, you have to subscribe. I have a channel. We have a channel. We have this channel. Subscribe everywhere. We are Dumb Money, and um, now I have to find the right button to wrap this Hi, thing wait, up. Do you have anything else you want to say? Wait, the podcast. Promote oh, the yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, we have a podcast. You'll be able to listen to this entire two-hour and 50-minute show as a podcast, if you missed any of it today, just go download the podcast and just listen during your, maybe during your Peloton ride. You know, you're not going to, you're not commuting anywhere, but go ride a real bike outside somewhere. Go buy a Peloton now that I'm a shareholder. <laughs> and listen to our podcast during that. We're on all the major platforms. What Woo, else? We did it. We did it. Y you Peloton. got the end. All right. All right. We'll talk about Elon next. Let's go, guys. Elon on Friday. Watch us. Uh, we're on in the morning. It'll be 11 uh, East, 11, 12 Eastern, 12 Eastern. 11 Central, 9 Pacific. Right here. Same place on YouTube. That's it. We're out. All right. See ya. <laughs>